Forgotten Liam versus Evil. That's been a long, 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 long time. It has been a while, but the people have been waiting with absolute trepid anticipation for this return. Like, I can actually just imagine the, the pulse and PC muscles of people across up and down the country right now and across the pond and that one guy that listens in Indonesia <laughs> Jinky still listens right, right. I suppose we've we've got no stats to tell who's still out there yeah. everyone everyone that listened in Indonesia that one guy could be dead well that's absolutely true they could be dead or they could be loving their best life just um I don't even know. I don't even know where Indonesia is, so I'm not even going to try and guess what they got over there. I think make their best life. I think they're living their best life. Probably not listening to the podcast now because just saying, just saying fuck train safety and climb on the roof and all that. Aye, is that Indonesia? It's all of them, I think. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we're starting as we mean to go on then, Scott. Aye. <laughs> I, I tell you how I want to start. I want to start with a tip, right? And this is a tip that's not been a year in coming. It's a tip that I learned absolutely tonight before we came on recording when I was cooking my dinner. And this is a cooking tip. Now, if anybody actually enjoys cooking, you will listen to this, what I'm about to say. Italian cooking, right? Is this kind of base for Italian cooking? It's called a, a mirepoix or a mirepoix, something like that. It sounds French, but I'm sure it's Italian. And basically what it is, is you chop very, very small, like properly tiny wee cubes of onion, carrot and celery. And then you cook that down, and that's your base for most of your dishes, especially your bolognese, like your ragout and stuff like that, right? And you would think, what? Surely you put in tomatoes. Like, no, you put in halloween tomatoes, you put in these three ingredients first. Now you would think, right, it takes forever to chop these up into tiny bits, so you think, I know what I'll do. I've got a Nutribullet there. I'll just shove everything in that and blend it up. So basically what you do is you make a mushy paste, and you think, well, how can it be any different? It's just the same ingredients. Well, let me tell you something. It is completely different. The Italians have done it this way for many, many years. And why? Because they know what they're fucking talking about. So don't try and skip. Don't try and you know, beat the process and try and take shortcuts. Do the work, do it properly, and you'll get the best results. And that's a tip for actually the entire of, entirety of life, you know. I just realised I was given there. This also works if you're making a pico de gallo salsa. Don't even think for a second that red onion, chilli and coriander in a blender will taste the same as those three ingredients plus tomatoes chopped up by hand. Because for, for whatever fucking reason, it doesn't. Do you know, I honestly thought he's going to segue this perfectly into the top 10 episodes listen to the whole thing don't skip to the end and find out what's at number one don't ruin it for yourself and i thought this is why he's going on about the cooking and just at the very last second when i thought you were about to do it it turns out you were literally just talking about the cooking and that all happened accidentally yeah what you could have done (laughs) was you could have used that we thought you had and perfectly segued it in so it was like you were the smart one of the two years but there we go there's no point it's been a year. There's no point in lying to people. Yeah. So hey, we're back. We're back. Hey everyone. Hello. I'm watched, and I'm Scott. Have you watched a lot of movies yeah. this year, Lee? I have. Uh, do I go to that just now, or do I give the big news for people who maybe don't listen to Jaws of Shite? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I could do that. The big news is that Scott is a father. Oh, yes. To an actual human yeah. baby. Yeah, I've got a wee, got a wee baby. It's uh, four, three, three months now. And it is... It is... Uh, brilliant. It being parenthood 
rather than yeah, it, it being yeah, your daughter. Yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's weird. It's, it's completely different from anything. It's, um, it's hard and exciting and fun and tiring and everything all at once. And you never get any time off when the babies are in. You are constantly need to be on because they can't do anything for themselves. Like she can hold her head up now, which is pretty good. Um, which I think she's doing it early as well, which is you know she's a genius. But um, yeah, other than that, <laughs> she just kind of lies there. So you need to be on on point, ready for all eventualities. It's an age long question. When you got a furby as a child, and your mum and that said like looking after that is like looking after a baby. Is it like looking after a baby? No, because you could put the furby so... in the cupboard to shut it up, put it in darkness. I think you don't. You can do that with the, the baby. I've not tried it yet, but yeah, you don't think you can't you can't give results like that without the actual experiment, Scott. Yeah. So put your baby in a cupboard. Anyway, that <laughs> is the probably the biggest news and only news from the past year. Other than that, we've done nothing. We haven't left the house. We're still in some kind of perpetual lockdown. Like I think for the most for a lot of people it, things are back to normal, but for me I still feel kind of I know currently just went back into like a another week in a short lockdown where it's table service and pubs again and restrictions on uh, indoor venues and sporting events which is uh, football and gigs which is kind of two of the things that I would be doing regularly at this point. In fact we, we should have had a gig today I believe me, you and Duncan, yeah. and it's been cancelled again for the third or fourth time. But there are people like... Wait, 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 hold on. I, I've now just realised that I would have fully double booked myself. Are you talking about Poppy? Poppy, yeah. Oh, I was meant to be going to see a funeral for a friend tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad both of them were cancelled and I didn't have to make that decision. <laughs> yeah, anyway, go on. But like, people are like being going to pubs and stuff like that and going out to restaurants when it was like you could walk in uh, bars and just like still walk about again. People aren't going on holiday. Like, properly going to beach holidays and that. My mum's just back. She's one of them. She's just back for holiday. Like, I'm like, still like, am I, you know, am I allowed to walk in the supermarket? Is, does that only pay attention to the green lights? Like, is it one-way system? I guess so. <laughs> and I still feel as if we're, we're stuck in a lockdown, but there's people who are like, properly going about their lives as normal. It's yeah. weird. Like, I'm, I get myself so worked up and I don't know why. That's why I, I put my cover photo as that Ken Reeves quote the other day there on Facebook. It's that one where he says that, like, if you're arguing that one plus one equals five, then, you know, fine, you're correct. I just go but have at it. I'm not getting involved because I need to keep taking step backs with stuff. Like, I don't get involved in nonsense online or even in, like, in life, but walking about Silverburn, the shopping centre near my house, the amount of people who are not wearing masks and it just annoys me and I'm just, in my head, I play through, like, scenarios where you just either either be just being ignorant or they've got one of those lanyards and I'd just be like you know I'd be like oh stay with me you've not got a mask on and then they'd be like oh but I'm exempt see I, you're not exempt for catching it and passing it to me and I'd get the fuck away from me you cly bastard <laughs> but the thing that's got me even because that's just ignorant like people who are only wearing masks now and yeah. if anybody's listening to this and, and you don't wear masks or you know somebody who's you know like a close family member or something that doesn't wear masks I'm not picking out people individually and it's not like you know don't get offended on you know, behalf of your, you know, your mad uncle or whatever, whoever it is, it doesn't bother with masks. This is just, I'm just, I hate generalisations, but I'm generalising. Don't wear masks, you're a dick. That's it. End of story. Um, but what's annoyed me more is they put the one-way system back in Silverburn, which is walk down, keep on the left, basically keep to the left. It's like driving. I remember when I was high school, my, the old Johnny used to shout, keep to the left, and people were going up and down the stairs because it made sense because then nobody was walking in this way. 
So the shopping centre is doing the same thing. Just walk, you know, walk forwards on the left-hand side of the, the, the store. People cannot follow arrows. It is, it, that's, there's no lanyard for that. Uh, fucking a Dunce's cap. I don't know what it is that you would need to wear to show that you, you're incapable of following a fucking arrow. That's a universal language, an arrow. Everybody knows what an arrow is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. An, an arrow actually is, is based after a fucking bow and arrow. So even indigenous tribes, those ones that like, you know, that, that live in the jungle haven't seen people before, could follow an arrow because they know it because it points and it goes in that direction, flies through the air. That's the point of a fucking arrow. How can you not I follow think it? That's a, I think that's a long stretch assuming that an indigenous tribe who has never ever seen a person if you just lifted them up and put them in the middle of Silverburn you think that they would walk to the to the left hand side and follow the arrows I, think, I don't I think know if I it... think they'd do a better job to some of the indigenous folk who work with Pollock I tell you that <laughs> uh, I'm loving wearing the mask because I've, I've got a bit of a pretty heavy beard going just now. I I don't really check myself out in the mirror, especially after eating. And there has been numerous times that I have just various bits of food and other such delights stuck in it. So with the mask on, I never have to worry about anyone looking and going, Liam, you've actually got chicken in your beard. And you've not even had any chicken today, which I mean, is weird. Just I can just... <laughs> Wait, have you like thinking, that was about four days ago, I had the chicken? <laughs> yeah, like it can't still be there. I've definitely showered since then. It's uh, there is definitely pluses. I mean, the benefits that keep my face warm in these cold, cold Scottish uh, winters. So, yeah, benefits even the mask for that for sure. Mm. So the last episode was, if I, I'm correct, and I will be because I'm looking at SoundCloud. Unless my SoundCloud is wrong, is it was Caris Hell? Yeah. Uh, yeah, kind that of, we... like that's probably why we stopped. <laughs> I, no, I tell you why we stopped because the, the movie I picked after Carousel is why we stopped, and it was a movie from last year, and it is in like not my list, but it's in my movies to talk about, and it is absolutely god awful. And do you know what? We should maybe just start there. Let's. Do you know what? You're you're, you're now leaning into the actual set, like successful segues. Yeah. So, batter in. That, let's go for that it. That movie was slacks, and it's about a pair of jeans that is sentient and it kills people. And it is absolutely garbage. It is. It appears to be. It's super low budget, and it appears to be trying. But it's. It, I think that it's high enough budget that it's should be better. But it tries to be push itself into the carousel level of budget. If that makes sense. So they've got a budget, yeah. but they're trying to make it look as if they've got a zero budget, and that's what um, slacks with me. I don't really fully remember exactly how it went, but I just know that it angered me. And I just felt it was absolutely pish and awful and garbage. And that's why we just said, fuck this, we're not making any more episodes. Because it was just so shite. And I thought, is this the level? Because people were also raving about it. That's why I picked it, because people were going on about it. I thought, oh, this could be quite fun. Like t- like uh, Rubber, because I thought Rubber was kind of fun movie, the one with the killer tyre. This, yeah. this movie just was like, I don't know. It didn't work for me, for sure, at all. And that's why we stopped but that is one of the movies that I watched last year and that is one of the movies that is absolutely 100% not on my top 10 list because it is absolute dog shit <laughs> I, I tried to kind of pass it off that I quite enjoyed it just to because I knew how upset you were <laughs> uh, but then on my blast earlier on you asked how many movies I'd watched yeah. last year and the answer when we decided to do this episode a last minute decision of why don't we do a top 10 the people Needs to hear what episode of Coronation Street Scott thought was scary this year. Uh, Which obviously was the, was the Coronation Street episodes. I mean, obviously, the Halloween stuff. 
Was it actually called Coronation Street? Because yeah, I still they, think they, you made that up. No, they set up a, they set up like a, a kind of circusy uh, haunted walkthrough, and it was called Coronation Street. And there was a sinkhole underneath it, and it all fell, and everybody fell into the sewer and died. Do you know what the worst fucking thing is? That every time we actually talk about Coronation Street, is me it brings it up. Yeah. I, sh- I shoehorn Coronation Street into things to slag you for watching Coronation Street. Yeah. But it's good, Just because terrible. it's like real life. It's like watching real life with the telly. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm sure mm-hmm. it is. Uh, so, obviously when we went to make the list, I realised that I had watched one film. Mm. One horror film that would be eligible. It turns out it was actually two. I then realised that there was one movie I'd watched that would be... Could be a horror, and I hope it is because it's in my list. Well, see the thing is, you can uh, just take, take my my stance on uh, what deems a horror. You can make anything a horror if you if you spin it, mate. We've done about one hundred and thirty episodes of me saying that nobody can possibly do that. Like, any, <laughs> like you would have to have that bloody dunce lanyard to <laughs> to be able to do that. So I can't now possibly. No, well, you but... justifications that me you can make anything a horror, which I plan to do for the next uh, <laughs> next episode. Anyway, continue. How does it make you feel that people still bring that up? The in Bruges uh, being like the best horror movie. Oh, I that, it was that much. That much of a ridiculous statement. Yeah, which I also uh, just recently changed up to say it's the best Christmas horror as well. <laughs> because it's true, it's set at Christmas. See, see, because all the people that go, like, "Die Hard's a Christmas movie," you go, "Why?" Oh, because it's set at Christmas time and there's a Christmas party, right? Well, fine then. So, in Bruges is a Christmas movie. Oh, well, why? Uh, because the characters say Christmas and there's a Christmas tree in it. End of story. And there's snow. So there you go. That's it. That's all the, that's all the parameters you need, clearly. Because, like, like I, I probably got to get a lot of hate for it because I can imagine a lot of people are of that of this ilk. But uh, saying that I had a Christmas movie is not a fucking personality trait. <laughs> it's not a flex. Right, we get it. You can watch it this time of year if you want. Watch it in the summer. Doesn't matter. It's an action film first. I accept Christmas. That's that's where it ends. I don't really give a fuck if you think it's a Christmas movie or not. You can watch it whenever the hell you want. But some people make that their entire personality. See, see, <laughs> and you know how you are watch. if you're You know it's you. <laughs> the guy sitting with a white John McLean vest. Yeah. Is he talking about me? <laughs> uh, I forgot my point now. Dude, I totally forgot my point. Um, yeah, you were just talking about oh, how so, you can justify the, some of the things that you'd watched. Yes, yeah, so I'd watched one movie, and I was like, shit, I've really, really liked the ball drop this year, because I've been doing the podcast, and I've been into other things, as everyone knows, I go through phases of hobbies and other things in life where I will focus solely on one thing for about three weeks, and I will get everything I could possibly get to do this one thing, and then I never ever think about it again, so I was doing various amounts of that throughout the year, and didn't watch any movies, so I have binged a lot, especially pretty much my entire top 10, in the past few weeks, but now got enough to do like a top 30, however, for the first time ever, our man Scott here hit it out of the park, and I think his... Would even nearly put Duncan to shame with how many movies you watched. Duncan for podcast under the stairs for anyone who thinks who's Duncan. His Liam just made up this random, <laughs> random little man. Yeah, forget forget that there's not it's not a hundred percent crossover of, of listeners. Um, yeah, I managed to watch quite a lot of movies, and that was just leading up to because at the start of the year, um, I believe when we're still making episodes, I had broke my arm. If you all remember the uh, famous. Uh, skateboard incident um back in one of the one of the hobbies that um, me and Gitney, I, I tried to join him and broke my arm 
pretty quickly. So I had plenty of time down to watch movies then. Um, and then at the towards the end of the year, uh, just when we were was pregnant, she was going to bed early, so I was staying up late and just pouring through movies. Uh, done all the Fight Fest online stuff, it was pretty good. Some of these movies made it into the final list, and I just kind of powered through. But I did it did fall by the wayside after uh, Neve was born. Um, it's it's a lot harder to watch a movie when when she, no, I tell you, that's a complete lie. Um, when she was born, the first couple of weeks, because she we were, she was sleeping like all the time, and we were doing shifts to try and get used to a routine. That um, born would go to bed like eight o'clock, and I would stay up to like two or three. We need just sitting, basically just watching her sleep, which was fine to begin with. But then we realised no, that she's got to sleep, so we need to sleep when she's sleeping. But because we were used to working as shifts anyway, it was absolutely fine. And I'm quite happy to stay up super late, and I get so many movies powered through during those couple of weeks, and that's how my list is pretty massive. So we're now saying that if the rest of this episode goes the way it usually does, where you'll bring in movies that you've not seen or just absolute just dickhead picks. Hey, look, uh, no, no, I've, I've I've got a lot of work in this this top ten, right? I had stuff, I had something in here that definitely was was impossible to justify as a horror movie, and I've actually taken it out <laughs> just out of respect for for you and for the listeners. So I just I have I have got I've put work in this list. See when you get to whatever position that movie was in, I yeah. still want to hear what it was. Okay. Because I, I, I'm, I'm quite in the mood to have my blood boiling a <laughs> bit, so uh, I need to. But talking about obviously slacks, do you, have you got any other honourable mentions before you go into your ten? Uh, obviously, I've, I've I'll got say a couple nothing. Of, uh, I've got a couple of dishonourable mentions. Right. Okay. There's a movie called The Guilty with Jake Gyllenhaal, which I love because I love Jake Gyllenhaal. Like properly, I think he's like the coolest guy, and you can't say that now. No, I don't. I'm not listening to what anybody said about him. He, Taylor Swift can get the fuck. He is the best guy, and I wish he was my pal. Um, but the movie The Guilty, it's one of those movies that's like, remember when Buried came out and Ryan Reynolds was in a coffin, and it was all based on that, and it was like, wow, that's good. That was a good movie. That was intense, and it kept you, and it was just one person, one you know, one scene, and it kept you going the whole way through. One guy, one cup. Yeah. There's a couple of movies that I've seen come out, and I think it's... Obviously, Buried wasn't anything to do with lockdowns, but there's been movies that have come out in the last couple of years, and I think they're based on lockdowns because you can't have too many people about because it's easy to just like power movies out in like one setting, one, one scene, one area. And The Guilty is about a, a cop. I think he's pushed off with the, the force, and he's put on to like answer 999 calls. And then uh, and it's just a back and forth of this person who's... Uh, being abused by her husband and she's stuck in the car and she's like kind of phoning and be, be, you know like that kind of story but the, the girl phones and then they ask to order a pizza and the call handler has to work out oh wait she's she's actually talking code and you know something's wrong and this kind of stuff and it's the guy's just and Jake Donald's just trying to work out what's happening just via phone calls audio from the phone call and it's just like I get it I understand what they were going for it's an alright movie but it's the, it, it just doesn't keep your attention one one you know one person on frame for like an hour and a half just talking audio. So I wasn't for it. There's another movie with Angelina Jolie called Those Who Wish Me Dead. Mm-hmm. And it is absolutely god awful. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because she's like a fire woman, I think, a fire person. And it's like they, I don't know, they do like a, a kind of like smoke. They die, like they solve fires in the, or they put fires out in the woods, you know, like whatever it is, right? And in this team, you're selling it. You're selling it to me, yeah. Scott. You're no, selling I'm not it to me. It's right. 
in there. Uh, <laughs> so she's supposed to be this badass, right? And then I can't remember how it goes. Somebody's past comes back to haunt them. But the team that she's supposed to be with, right? They see them in the bar, and there's a guy who's kind of maybe like kind of hipsterish, sitting with like a, a girl in the bar, and the girl's kind of good looking. The two guys are sitting there going like, saying to her, "Oh, what this guy? This guy? Oh, come on, chuck him and come come home with your man." And they're they're harassing the girl. They're being hot, like they're being dickheads to the guy, and it's been just completely misogynistic, sexist behaviour. But those two guys are part of the hero team. And they don't, and like, so they're acting like this behavior is completely fine. And it was there, I was like, who the fuck are these two cunts? What are they playing at? Like, you know, acting like that to this guy sitting in the bar, just two of them just minding their own business and they're properly sexually harassing the girl and, you know, like being shitty to the to the guy. I thought, ah, I, I hope he's, you know, I hope he's set fire. I hope he's don't put the fire out and die, you <laughs> bastards. So that's why I didn't like it. Fair enough. <laughs> 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 uh, did you still watch your full thing or did you sack it like halfway through I do you know what I really cannot answer that question because you can't remember I can't just, remember you... I don't know if it's <laughs> right, okay. me, I don't know if it's because it was that shite or because I didn't watch the whole thing there's a chance I didn't watch the whole thing because I've, I've started doing that now for the first time ever where if I'm reading something or watching something and if about like halfway through maybe just less than that if I'm really not enjoying it it's going off I don't I don't need to then rate something Shite, yeah, just for the sake of it, it's just life's too short. I can't watch Pish anymore. So, luckily, I've not watched either of those movies. I probably wouldn't watch a Jake Gyllenhaal one because Lena's a massive Taylor Swift fan, and I've heard everything. And I just, I, I don't think I'd be allowed to watch it. And it sounds shite, so it, it uh, wasn't that good. Yeah, everything else he's ever done is absolutely fantastic. Chef's kiss, <laughs> no, that one really was that in the art gallery, like from last year. Buzzsaw, was it called? That Buzzsaw? Was okay. Yeah, that was uh, terrible. Nah. Yeah, that was shit, man. Nah. That sucked. Uh, so I have two honourable mentions, which are, in a weird way, it's like the roles have reversed and I'm doing the Scott thing, where these two movies, I think, would be on my list somewhere, but I haven't finished them, so I'm not going to. Uh, one, some of them might appear in your list or they might not, so if they do appear in your list... As a new Scott, don't say anything. Just let it appear in your list and you can talk about it when okay. it's there. Okay. Uh, so one is come true. I saw it on Duncan's list yesterday and I was like, I've actually fancied that. So I'm going to try and rush it before we record. Didn't really have time. So I've got about maybe 30 minutes to go, 25 minutes to go. But I'm really enjoying it. And I think I'm enjoying it enough that it would be near the bottom on my top 10 just now. But I need to finish it. And the other one is Titane, which again, I'm only about 40 minutes in. I don't really have a fucking clue what's going on, but I know that what's going on is getting me quite excited and quite, like I'm quite into it so far. So maybe this could all change and there's no danger that would be in the 10, but those are honourable mentions that had I finished them, they may be here. So check them out. Unless they do turn out to be shite, but you won't know that. You'll watch it before I have, so... I'll, uh, yeah. I'll talk about one of them just now. Uh, okay. I think that if you finish Come True, it would have ended up on your list because the ending is pretty damn good. Uh, I did watch it, uh, but it didn't. It's not. It's not made it to my list. But it, the ending, if I remember right, it's, it's like it, it's like a good payoff. So I think it probably would have ended up in your list. Uh, good sounding by how you're saying about it just now. 
um, Titan, I think we'll talk about it at the end. Right, okay. <laughs> uh, we come through, there's a lot of see when it's going to the, the kind of dreamscape that she's in. Those images are actually really quite fucking creepy, so I'm I'm loving the, the kind of fever dream feel of it. And uh, yeah, I think it's... I'll be gutted to always I'll finish it after we record this and I'll be like, oh, that's definitely even higher up my list than it could have been. But I didn't watch it. I let myself down. I let everyone down. So it's not there. So do you want to go to our top ten? Or yeah, let's, just, no, let's just fire it. Yeah. Do you want to go with your ten? Do you want me to go? Do you want to eeny, meeny, miny, moe for it? Do you want to just Should scream? We, and... What are we doing? One at a time? Uh, no, it's both shout at the same time and we'll both discuss the movies at the same time. <laughs> I mean, time. I mean do, whoever... I, do you want my whole 10 and then your whole 10 or 10, 10, 9, 9, 9, 8, 8? I don't know what's, what creates tension. What, what one one have I think, people I think, I think both, been excited? We'll, just, we'll give a number each, I think. That's what we've done the last couple right. of years. So why change a winning right. formula? That's why, always forget the... That's why they come back. <laughs> We always forget the numbers as well, so I've actually written them twice at the side, uh, just to make sure that I'm counting the right number down. Because we usually get to about, I don't know, eight, and we've realised that we're just not on the same page anymore. Yeah. So let's do better than that. We've we've let's been here that. for like we it, we five years. The, yeah, we owe it to the uh, six listeners. <laughs> oh, you guys. Yeah. Uh, right, do you want me to go first then? Right, you you go first. first. Number ten. Right. So my number ten again. I feel I'm feeling like you here. I'm I'm letting everyone down. Uh, my number ten is promising young women. However, I don't remember anything about it. I just know that I scored it very high, and it was one of the ones that I'd actually watched, as it turned out, near the start of the year. So I remember that I really enjoyed it, and I really enjoyed it more than anything below it. But I remember very little from it, apart from Bo Burnham, who incidentally has Netflix special was also great and probably should just get a mention because the tunes are catchy AF. Uh, is, but is yeah, Bo it's Burnham promising. Not problematic as well? I've is Bo Burnham problematic? Him. I, like him. I like him. I don't know. I've seen people try to cancel him, but I don't know if it's... I don't know if it's because his humour's so satirically, like, on point that they think he's not being sarcastic with it or, like, you know, making an example of... Like, how we try and, we try and justify some of the humour we've said in past episodes as being, like, a joke on the stereotype, like not necessarily yeah. abuse, but like this is what people think, so this is why it's you know nonsense. And people are listening to him thinking, Oh no, you really think that you really behave that way, so you know you need to cancel. But, um, but I like him. I, as you say, I think I think somebody, I think, is... I think me, Bo Burnham, and Jake John should go for a drink something. <laughs> I don't think Bo Burnham would want to do that because I think he's quite clean cut, I think he's. He's above all that, so it would just be you and Jake Gyllenhaal and your wee misogynistic just little fucking hole. Uh, how much a pussy Bo Burnham is. <laughs> yeah, probably using that term as well, you wee fucking <laughs> goblins. <laughs> uh, so, Promising Young Woman was directed by Emerald Fennel. Uh, synopsis on IMDb is a young woman traumatised by a... What? Emerald, Emerald Fennel. Fennel. I don't know, I'm only on IMDb. Do you want me to click through and see? No, it's fine. I just No, let's peek behind the curtain. She was born October the 1st in Hammersmith, London as Emerald Lily Fennel. Yeah, so that is her name. Sorry, I had to click more there. I just, I'm not that bad at reading. Uh, the synopsis is a young woman traumatised by a tragic event in her past seeks out vengeance against those who crossed her path. I do remember really enjoying it. I remember the, it being stylishly and visually quite 
captivating the colours were nice uh, <laughs> the colours were nice That that's the extent of my top 10 here I liked the colours the Carrie Mull- Katie Mulligan was excellent in it I think she is great in most things uh, Bo Burnham as well didn't like him when I was watching this because I thought Bo Burnham was some other YouTuber than who he actually was it's only when he released his special I was like oh I thought that was a totally different guy so I quite like him anyway yeah Promising Young Woman number 10 you should check it out and tell me why I've obviously liked it because I don't remember <laughs> Um, I have my number 10 a I don't know where it's from Australia maybe yeah. America <laughs> I think the people who make it are Australian and I think I may be wrong in saying this but whenever I ever cared about being right with my facts before I think this is Astron 6 or at least people from Astron 6 and that is surprising to all of you because I usually think those movies are full of dog shit. but number 10 is Psycho Gorman now this movie is like uh, adult Power Rangers is that how people described it? Uh, yeah pretty much also Steve Kostansky is from Astron 6 yeah so there was Canadian uh, oh Canadian okay um, yeah. I just thought Psycho Gorman was brilliant. I thought, you know, I was working my way through it and uh, I just, I really got in tune with the tone of the movie and I really felt like I knew what they were getting at and I thought the humour was bang on. I thought, uh, you know, like, I don't like hunky boys or do it or whatever it whatever <laughs> life was. And I just thought everything about it was just good. You know, it was just, everything just made, uh, no everything obviously because it's, it's made it number 10, it's not any higher up, but I just thought it was a, a good movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It feels like it could really double up with, if you had done a double feature with like Turbo Kid or something like that. Um, yeah. And I, I thought it was bang on. So definitely watch Cycle I care <laughs> for hunky boys. <laughs> uh, I, I, Cycle Gorman, for me, should be one that I absolutely loved, but I let the hype machine wrongly kill it because I left it so late to watch it. I watched yeah. it months after everyone else and by that point it had to be the fucking 6 out of 5 best movie I'd ever seen to live up to the hype and obviously nothing is ever going to live up to that hype so it killed it for me a bit and it's sitting just at like kind of number 14 or 13 in my yeah. top insert how many movies I've watched this year uh, but it was fun and definitely check it out and then go check out Father's Day and other ones that we've covered on this man board. Father's Day was just funny, actually, if I remember right. Father's Day had some good parts to it. And Father's Day is my favourite because the guy who plays, I believe he plays, is it Gary in Cycle Gorman, the dad? He has the best lines and the same as in edit, the editor and Father's Day and stuff. All his lines are so fucking dry and so memorable. Uh, yeah, Cycle Gorman was good. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy with that being number ten. Yeah, it's a good list. Telling you, I'm proud of this list. <laughs> There's still time, Scott. There's still time. <laughs> There's still so, <laughs> my number nine, and that this is, I think, Shudder. Obviously, as I've realised in the past two weeks, Shudder was fucking excellent this year for horror movies. See, you said that. You said that, Duncan, at one point or somewhere along the line. You you typed that into a chat or online, and I was like, "Fuck, I've not watched. I don't think I've watched Shudder. I don't know how much often I've watched Shudder. Like, I almost forgot it was there." Which yeah. means that a lot of my top 10 will not be on your list, so that's going to be good. Uh, but yeah, I went just, it was a couple of days where I was like, right, well, those five movies or six movies are on Shudder, so I watched through them, and pretty much all of them were like kind of back to back bangers. 
Uh, so Shudder really upped their game because for like a year or two there it was just the same fucking movies yeah. that but that is good because, ob- because obviously they're getting the recognition that people want to watch horror movies and if you remember back when Netflix first started and it was like sending DVDs in the post probably when they first done a streaming service nobody was in it like it took for, like a you know it took a, a wee bit of time before people actually like said you know what this is this is worth it and now like they've got they make their own movies you know what I mean they're not just like streaming yeah. they actually make their own movies so Shudder so it's still probably in its infancy which is quite good, actually yeah. quite promising. And a lot of them are like, uh, like your kind of top of the range Fright Fest films, where yeah. you're watching them from the comfort of your own home, which sounds amazing, until the actual Fright Fest did that, and I bought the ticket and then didn't watch any of the fucking movies. <laughs> so yeah. maybe I don't which, want to watch them for the comfort of my home. Yeah, which is because I had a great time watching the Fright Fest movies. Like, I stayed up super late, because they were, I think, I can't remember if they were, if they, no, because they played for like 24 hours after they started, but, I tried to watch them like when they came out, when they were coming out. I remember Duncan was doing the same, and we we skyped a couple out between each ones. And I think I was watching whatever night it was. I sat up and I got pissed when I was watching. I mean, I remember I was just great at downloading music that was in the movies. Never brilliant. It was a couple of films that was really good. So exactly the same as Real Fright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Slightly less embarrassing because yeah. your wife yeah. can see yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, so my number nine is from. I believe I'm about to get this wrong. Oh, I say Indonesia. Yes, it's Indonesian. It's called The Queen of Black Magic. I'm assuming you've not seen it if you didn't I watch. I have never heard of it. Uh, so the synopsis is families were terrorised at the orphanage. Someone wants them dead, apparently with black magic. That is very de- that is an awful synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with black magic that is very deadly she has a grudge and she was also born because of the sins of the orphans who formed her into the queen of black magic so yeah there you, there you go the, it's it looks fucking great it looks like it's actually got a wee bit of a budget which I don't I don't really know any other Indonesian films off the top of my head uh, I'm sure there's some in folk are screaming them at the listening device but I don't remember any just now, and it looked really fucking good. Like, there's a budget. The acting was movie acting. There was nothing great or terrible about it, but see, some of the creepy scenes were very much like the original Ring when it came out. Some of the scenes, I was watching it with the lights off and stuff, and I was constantly looking at the door and thinking I was hearing noises. There was a few things that genuinely got me and actually creeped me out quite a bit, and I thought, this movie, to me... It's came from fucking nowhere. It's on Shudder, which I expect to be pretty medium to shit. Uh, and yeah, it gave me chills. It, it was done. It was done quite well. The story's not anything like new or anything original, but what they've done is really quite impressive. And it make you keep your eye on Indonesia and go, oh, show me more. Show me more of this. I can't move so my face to Indonesia. I'm just getting them moved into Korea like how many places do we want us to go the entire world Scott there's a there's a, a globe out there of amazing <laughs> cinema that we can all go to and watch the, uh, it is pretty good though if you find a movie that actually gives you the creeps like that's something that gets lost quite easily so if you can be if you, a movie can drag you in and actually make you like you know check your surroundings or if you're in bed pull your feet under the covers you know these kind of things it's, it's, it's good if you can find something like that yeah, much like uh, Pulse, which I'm pretty uh, sure Pulse you absolutely had, had hated. Vending machine part 
plugged into like the corner <laughs> of some random street. Like, all right. <laughs> It's amazing that that's the only bit you remember for that fucking movie, and it's like it's six seconds, and he just so happens to walk by a vending machine, which probably happens in every movie in your top ten at some point. The fact that they uh, even use the vending machine means that it's actually plugged in on that street, but I'm like, nah, don't believe it, don't buy it. Uh, no, they, honestly, they get vending machines in Japan, hundreds of them. Nah. <laughs> the the scenes in that movie that kind of gave me the creeps, and again with the original eye as well. Uh, this was very similar. I mean, I was I was impressed with it. I was impressed enough to put it as my number nine. Yeah, I'll wait for the American remake. So, <laughs> my my, uh, my number nine, my number nine is a movie that I think I don't know if it's streaming anywhere now. This I have to I have to admit something. This year, I ended up. Uh, reaping the spoils of a friend who is quite well versed in uh, sailing the high seas. Something that I don't really, I've never really done before and something that I don't really advocate uh, but it's been difficult to get to the cinema as my personal experiences with lockdown and not having a clue what's going on as I explained at the start of the, the show. Uh, I thought you were talking about an actual fucking boat there, and I'm no. like, Wait, who, and... <laughs> who do you know that sails the high seas? We don't have any boating friends. <laughs> and uh, and with uh, having a new baby, getting time to even get to cinema, it's like not happening. So there is a couple of movies I have acquired. Uh, um, we'll just, I'll just leave it there, just in case the uh, <laughs> BBFCs listen. Come off it, generation. Um, so uh, yeah, this is one of the movies. But I believe this one is currently streaming for people to to view. Now this movie, see if that, see if we've seen this movie in Fright Fest, this would be way higher up my list. This would have been a perfect Fright Fest movie. It just had this the feel, the tone, the the just general ambiance that came off it was was what I expected from like like an independent movie at Fright Fest to to give, and it's. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting take on the, the vampire story and it's My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To and it stars the wee boy from uh, Almost Famous who just, his face is exactly the same with facial hair and uh, he got quite chubby like beard gut chubby um, not fat shaming except I am um, <laughs> pro Jake Gyllenhaal and now fat shaming fuck's sake Scott what's happened to you? <laughs> you'll, never, you'll never see Jake Gyllenhaal wear a beard better like that tell you um, so yeah, but it's just it's it's about a brother and sister who's uh, who are both of them whose younger brother has um, got like a vampire disease of some kind. He is sick as fuck. He's stuck in bed. He can't move until he drinks some blood, and that gives him some energy to come out. You know, I don't know if the the story that they're going like that they're going from is if you imagine interviews of vampire at the end when uh, Lestat has been like. Uh, sunken in the in the swamp and he's all wrinkly and dead and then he jumps and grabs Christian Slater and takes a drink of him and then he comes back he's like Lestat to something like his old self again I don't know if that's what was happening in this story like if they got him enough blood he would eventually be strong and be like a, you know out like a vampire like Powell in the night or if, if in this story vampirism is just a really fucked up disease that you'll just be like like stuck inside you can be, you're so weak until you drink blood and even then you're still like like I don't know child almost like the behavior of the boy sometimes was like very childlike but very like innocent which is a good juxtaposition of you know having to kill and drink people's blood 
but being so like unaware of that impact that you're having on not only your brother and sister but on the society of like, the wee town they live in like the people they're killing just for to, 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 to feed him um, and it was, oh, yeah. it was good because it struggled with you know the sister wanting to keep the brother alive and the, and the brother uh, who was who was having to like catch the people like the homeless guys or whatever it was they were bringing back him to like go and you know lure them in and kill them and that's like the tolls taking on them saying I can't keep doing this we've got to need to let, just let our brother die because I can't keep going out and you know committing all these crimes basically and like the, the emotional impact that that's having on me and things and then um, it was just quite quite good and it came to like a quite a, you know a satisfying climax as well like it was it it was quite a good ending i felt um so i really enjoyed it and like i say if that was played at the gft with a full audience i can just imagine sitting in there and just just loving it start to finish because you give it the full attention and uh, that would have been up higher maybe maybe five six i think it would have probably hit i think it was one of those movies that made you feel like really fucking down after it, but in a a good way. Yeah. In a hands on way, like you're like, wow, man, that was bleak and that was heavy, and I felt everything that uh, is it Patrick Fugit 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 yeah uh, Patrick Patrick Fugit and uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Disc Discount uh, uh, Kieran Culkin Discount Rory Culkin. Uh, is he actually a Culkin though? The boys of this movie? Yeah. No. Because he, he looks a yeah. lot like a Culkin. Yeah. I thought you were saying that there because he, he was one. No, no. He usually really looks like one, eh? He's maybe like a wee kind of side baby. He could be like, a, a Maybe a, Culkin. a secret Culkin. Yeah, in fact, yeah. you know what? I, I, I don't even actually know that for sure because I know there is about eight Culkins, so there very well could be. In fact, see if, see if he's a Culkin. I am bump, I'm bumping up my list. Maybe just the number eight, but I don't know. <laughs> so if you're new, if you're new to Scott and Liam, and you're thinking, I wonder like how much gravity uh, these lists have. There you go. <laughs> if there's a culkin in it, it's going up the list. So uh, I think he could be, he could be a secret culkin. He's great anyway. Yeah. Uh, I'll just when we're talking about, I do. I love that film. I thought it was seriously well done. It just straight away it went into it. You didn't have to fuck about. It was over very quickly as well and yet you felt like you were fully in with this character the Patrick Fugit 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 I hope it's one of them and we're not pronouncing it totally totally wrong uh, you felt <laughs> Jenka it is a few... no it must be it must be Fugit it wouldn't be Fugit it's definitely not Fugit I think Fugit like Fugitive but is that a, a name Fugit Fugit Patrick Fugit. Anyway, he was fucking excellent, and you do, you are, is he's going to the kind of prostitute, and is he's, is he's there so against his will, like if the vampirism was just a, another kind of terminal illness, a debilitating illness that meant you were locked in your house having to look after this loved one that's never going to get better, you're, they're kind of helpless, apart from what, you can do it to them, but they also don't really appreciate it. They still think they can continue with their life, or you're stopping them living their life when you're actually just trying to protect them. It yeah, was, it's kind of like it um, it's like what's eating Gilbert Grape when he had to deal with his fat mum and his uh, disabled brother. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Exactly. Isn't it? Break one of my vampire. Yeah, it's just like how your family can hold you back. Evil thing there. How how the love of your family gives you extra pressures than perhaps someone else. <laughs> they don't hold you back. 
<laughs> and that was coming from an NHS employee. <laughs> uh, yeah, as an example of that is that there's there's something there that you feel compelled and that you need to be there to look after, love and protect, even if it's the fucking hardest job in the world. And I've never I've never done that. Uh, but I can imagine it would be fucking awful and this film captures that and captures it in like a, a fucking 90 minute runtime. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's good. Good choice, good choice. Uh, so, number eight, are we actually correct here? We're continuing yeah, yeah. on the correct. We're line. right. Excellent. Number eight is a movie from New Zealand. It's directed by James Ashcroft and it was on Netflix. It's been on my Netflix list probably for the entire year and I only watched it uh, a few nights ago. It's called Coming Home in the Dark. Have you seen it? I have, and I fully disagree with you, but go ahead. <laughs> right, okay. You fully really disagree with me the fact it's on my list? Yeah, or you fully no. disagree with it? It's on the list. Right, okay. I, I really, really enjoyed this. I didn't see where it was going. Much like Hounds of Love a few years ago, it was one that just lingered with me. It made me feel feels that I didn't want to feel. In some shocking moments near the start that made me audibly gasp and I've not audibly gasped since the head came off in Hereditary and if you think that's a spoiler then I'm sorry it's not, it's been out for too long deal with it, but when the head comes off in Hereditary and you're like fuck I did not see that coming yeah but which head I, in Hereditary yeah, yeah, I don't know yeah. spoiler for you <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was just an out and out spoiler <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just have to top it don't you? yeah I know the, I don't respect the listeners. <laughs> or anyone. The Yeah, coming home in the dark. The the bit that happens at the start, obviously you've seen it so you know. Really I I, I was not expecting that at all. And the guy in the lead role, whoever he is, uh, we should really do research for this, but we don't deal with it. Was incredible. I thought it was so gripping. You knew the entire time this guy is a fucking mental case. Like, everybody here is fucked. If this guy, you're going to have to do what this guy says, you're not getting away from him. And, yeah, I really, really liked it. Obviously on my own there. Yeah, um, I I watched it. Uh, I I thought it, was, I thought it was okay to begin with. I fully get what you mean in terms of the, the lead, uh, the kind of antagonist. I thought the performance was good. I think that there's, there's, it's one of those things with the New Zealand kind of accent. It's, it can either be two ways. It can either be hilarious, like dry humour, like uh, what we do in the shadows, or it can be... No, they're, what are they South African? Doesn't matter. But, or no, it can be, um, they are from New Zealand. They are from New Zealand. Good, I thought I made a yeah. cock up right there. Um, <laughs> or it can be sinister, like like it's really don't fuck with these guys. And they come across as don't fuck with them. You can tell straight away the minute they walk up to the picnic, you're like, oh, fuck you know and the shocking moment that happens i was like whoa fuck me i was like this is going to be great and then as soon as the characters were in the car i was like right okay well i know where it's going now i now have no sympathy for anybody and um then there was no more shocking moments to finish it off like i felt as if it started off in the same kind of vein as funny games which you're like wow that is incredible i am hooked this is mental where's it going to go and 
then as it goes to the end and finishes up with more shocking moments, like one of the most harrowing on-screen deaths I think I've ever seen, is how it ends. Whereas coming home in the dark, the the shocking moment happens at the beginning, and then it feels as like if it just tapers out. And I didn't I didn't feel like satisfied as the movie ended. I was kind of bored towards it got to the end, to be honest with you. Yeah, I didn't. I strongly disagree, but uh, I can see that. I thought that uh, although you kind of yeah you could work out where it was going. When they're in the car, there was still one family member there that you could still possibly yeah. root for. Aye, that's, as yeah, well that's... as as well as well what's happened before, it's still just be thinking, holy fuck, man, like, these guys, despite what one of them may have done, these guys just did what they did, and that's like, fuck, like, my hatred for them is so strong that I can overlook the other thing enough to keep me invested and hope that they're going to get out of this or hope that at least these guys are going to get what's coming to them yeah I just I just didn't mind any fair enough fair enough my number 8 is a movie that landed on Netflix it is a movie that um, I remember after when it landed I think people watched it as soon as it landed um, and I remember my sister watching it and her saying that it's crap I thought, what? Oh, it's brilliant. And I thought, it was so brilliant. This landed at my number eight. And it's another vampire movie. And this one is called Night Teeth. Now, it's, it was quite stylish. It's probably closer to like a kind of action movie, maybe. Uh, like I, see, I've not seen it, so I don't know if it is horror at all. We'll see the thing. No, it's vampires. So if you say it's not horror, right. you go fuck yourself. Because if if my heart can't beat unless you tell it to is enough to be in the horror genre, then Night Teeth is one hundred percent in the horror genre. It's, does it do things that, are, that like make it a horror, or is it just because there's vampires? Because if it's just because there's vampires, it's not a horror. Twilight's not a horror, and it's about vampires. Twilight's pretty horrific. Twilight's what? Pretty horrific. <laughs> I as in horrific to watch and sit through. Um. Is it, so is this an like Blade? Blade wouldn't be a horror. It's an action vampire movie. And I've not, I, I've not seen this. So I don't know. I just, I, I realised that people could be shouting things like. Oh, I, fuck I, do you know what? I don't, uh, I don't want to agree with you, but I, uh, I am actually struggling to justify because it's very stylish and very, it's like a, it's like a crime thriller with vampires in it. Like my the my heart can't beat unless you tell it to. There's things that happen in that that are, are tense and horrific. And yeah, well, people die. That's when the people get like bit and their blood gets. Sucked people up. get That's killed. Crazy. People get killed in Buffy, but Buffy. I suppose Buffy would be a horror film, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Um, well. If you're doubting it though, you who right. thinks Embrose well, is a fucking I tell Christmas you what, I tell you what, right? horror, I tell you what, if you're doubting no. it. I tell you what, this is the position where the movie that I took out was in, and I replaced it with 19. So the movie that so was. Either way, either, either way, way, position 8 is fucked. The, the movie that was in position 8 was a movie called The Map of Tiny Perfect Things. And right, this I'm is. Not, a, I've not seen it. So this is a time loop movie. It's probably, people would say it's like a visual, it's a rom-com, 
or something along those lines. But time loop movies are fucking <laughs> horrible, right? You imagine being stuck in a time loop. That's so fucking terrible, terrifying. The 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 idea that you've just got to live forever in the same twenty four hours. I mean, fuck's sake, that's horrible. What's it? What's it called? The map of tiny perfect things. So basically, this boy's stuck in a time loop, and he's just like doing all this time loop stuff as it begins. And then he finds somebody else who's also stuck in time loop, and then they have to they have to map out the town, and then they have to go to all these wee tiny perfect moments, like you know, like a wee, an old woman dropping her bag and somebody picking up and being nice to her, or a dog like jumping through a sprinkler, and all these wee different tiny perfect things, and they had to map them out and and do them all in the twenty four hours to get out the time loop. The Map of Tiny Perfect Things is a 2021 <laughs> American science fiction romantic comedy <laughs> drama. Yeah, there you go. Science fiction's not horror. I, it's, well, like, read more. What else does it say? Directed by Ian Samuels from a screenplay by Lev Grossman based upon the short story of the same name. Uh, it's definitely for wee lassies and has nothing to do with <laughs> horror, says Amazon Prime Video <laughs> on February 12th, 2021. <laughs> Uh, yeah let me see reception on the view aggregator website loads of sleepover clubs absolutely love it uh, cheerleading clubs too <laughs> uh, it was voted number two movie of the year at the girl guides uh, so yeah I don't think that counts Scott alright well night teeth it is then too hot man I'm going to the town and just kill folk brilliant <laughs> uh, number seven so I need to uh, I need to watch that now to see if it is an actual horror, but I don't really want to upset myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number seven, this one probably maybe doesn't, it, it does deserve to be there, but I think I like, went into this way heavier uh, than it deserved. That's not fair. I'm actually writing it off already. I think it, it no, do you, I'm cutting that. It doesn't matter. My number seven is another one, I believe, from Shudder. And it's The Boy Behind the Door, directed by David Charbonnet and Justin Powell. The synopsis is, after Bobby and his best friend Kevin are kidnapped and taken to a strange house in the middle of nowhere, Bobby manages to escape, but then he hears Kevin screams for help and realises he can't leave his friend behind. This movie fucking got me, man. Like, kidnapping is obviously horrific as it is, but what they'd done in this film to create tension, I don't know, it looked really fucking good. And maybe the zoom-in camera angles, I really, I generally don't know how they'd done it. They had over-the-shoulder follow cams. The, the tension in that house is, are these boys trying to escape, whoever it is that's got them, was fucking great. It was so good, and it was the fact that it was shuddered as well. I wasn't expecting much from it. I hadn't really heard them talk about it. I will look in the letterbox. I think a lot of people really enjoyed it. Uh, it was really fucking good, man. And it, it stayed the, with uh, me for days again. Yeah, I've seen the. Uh, where I have, like I say, I've looked at Shudder recently, and I uh, looked at that one and had a wee look at the kind of cover art that they put on for it. But uh, I've not watched it, but I think I might give it a go if I get the chance uh, after that. Just the fact that it's really the way it's like the boys the boys get kidnapped and quite quickly one is out and one's not, but then one's in the house, so you're locked in the house. Your so is your friend, and you have no idea who has 
put you there and you can escape and then you go back or whatever. It's just the house feels like you you need to get out of this evil thing. It was it really it was done well. I was so impressed with it, and that's when I kind of put in the group there. That's in Shudder have hit it out of the park. Like that's now a couple that I've thought, wow, I wasn't expecting that. If I'd seen that at Fright Fest, that would be one of the top movies. At Fright Fest, I'd probably start at greeting at some point. But <laughs> even though it's not a tearjerker, just at uh, the tension I was feeling, I was really. Yeah, I was quite amped up, and it was great. Number seven, the boy behind the door, and it was horrific at times. So a hundred percent a horror, unlike your vampire, eh, bring it on or whatever it was called. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, my seven is um, Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. I'd seen a couple of reviews of this. Um, I'd seen I'd seen a few reviews saying it's rubbish. Then I've seen a few reviews of people that I know who've seen it who said it was really good. And one of the reviews said that they, they reenacted a scene from the movie, uh, from the game that they've been wanting to see in the movie since like you know 1995 or whenever the first game came out. And I thought, wow, that's that's what I've been looking for as well because the Mila Jojovic uh, movies were, well, they were fun. They weren't Resident Evil as such as the game was. Yeah, we got a bit fucking zany yeah. by like yeah. the second one. <laughs> so I was like, right, I'm game for this, so let's see how, how this goes. So I think what they've done is they've combined game one and two for this movie. And they've you know they've uh, diversified the characters up slightly and you know changed some people about and get rid of some characters for the game, whatever else. But the the main gist is there, like they, they go into the, the mansion at one point and that's the biggest deal. See when they walk into that for you, that mansion with the big staircase, you're like Incredible. They do they do one of the uh, one of the puzzles. They do the piano puzzle, which was a great part of the game, and uh, they, they incorporate that into the movie. The uh, and they do the itchy tasty part, which is quite good. They also do the the cut scene where you're walking up the corridor and the first zombie turns around and looks at you. They do that as well, and it's all brilliant. There's some CGI. In scenes from like you know like crashing trucks and things like that that are I don't know if it's like I don't know if our expectation for CGI these days is so high that when this look low budget CGI it's probably like probably fucking super expensive CGI but you're just looking at it thinking oh that's not as good as you know it could be but then yeah. some of it also looked computer gamey so I don't know if it was a conscious decision to make it computer gamey. Or if it was a if it was a budget issue that meant that they had to they couldn't do it as you know they couldn't make it look realistic so they opted to do it computer gaming and then again I don't even know how money works in CGI so it could have been super expensive to make it computer gaming but they wanted to make it computer gaming because it's a computer game movie I don't know what they did but for me the CGI parts were the only things that kind of took me out of it but other than that I was like I'm for it the only thing that I think I'd have preferred is if they kept the characters. Now, I will just stop talking. Number seven for me is Resident <laughs> Evil. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that had disconnected them. Uh, they must have had a high budget because to rent it for the fucking 48 hours or whatever it is Sky gives you is £16. So that's why I've not watched wow. this yet because it was on Sky and that I thought, I'm not. I'm not paying that to for yeah. something that I don't actually own. Yeah, I'll save it's that money for trash it. 
Yeah, six pound, sixteen pound to rent it. There's no buy option, so That's you rent ridiculous. it. Watch it once. Imagine you walked into Blockbuster years ago, put up Blair Witch Project, and went, "I want to rent that for four days," and they went sixteen pound. Be worth it for Blair Witch Project. Tis what? It'd be worth it for Blair Witch Project. That gets it. <laughs> um, there's, there's, and there's a couple of there's a couple of known actors in the movie, but not like proper list like the last of his season two his skins is um Claire Redfield. So it's not oh, it's right. like it's like known actors and they think the guy that plays Whiskers um is known but I can't I can't place him. So like you know there's known actors but it's not there is um the boy I forget the actor's name but the boy who's the uh, scientist is well known as well. You you'd recognize right. his face for sure. But yeah. aye it's uh, it's good. I mean see if you're if you're a Resident Evil fan of the games then it's, it hits a lot of the boxes that you'd be looking for. It's like that good nostalgia for the game put into a movie, and that's um, kind of why it works for me. Uh, like I say, I think so... they've, taken, they've taken game one and two and combined the stories kind of together, because I think the idea of the, those two games were that they were happening kind of simultaneously, so that's like where they've kind of went with it, and it, it, it kind of works for the most part. You're split up, you're watching you know, four characters' separate stories, if you think, because you think mm-hmm. of the games, you had four characters and they were all separate stories, like you know, like uh, Jill and Chris were both in the mansion, but depending on whose screen you played, depending on you know what you know what storyline they followed, kind of. So you're, yeah, that's what you're watching for four stories that are connected but not connected at the same time. But it was good. It's all right. It was all right. Is your number seven? Number seven. <laughs> <laughs> it's because yeah, of, it's because of the nostalgia for the game that that's why it's that's in the last. It's really for the nostalgia part for sure. I, did, I watched the trailer. I did. Uh, I did fancy it. And I seen the thing where the zombie raises his head, so like at the start of the second game, and the the bit you're talking walking down the corridor. But I'm now worried that they've actually then shown you the best bits in the trailer. No, no, that's no. that's what I, that's I mean, what I want from a Resident Evil movie. Don't pay sixteen pound for it, but if you can, if you can get a copy of it or whatever, then uh, do that. I don't worry. See if it was your number seven and you had gushed over it, I'd maybe think about paying the seventeen pound. But the fact you went number seven and it's all right <laughs> for the most part. Uh, I think I'll wait till that price comes down yeah. a little tiny bit. For sure. So, my number six is directed by Edgar Wright, and it's Last Night in Soho. There's no point in doing a synopsis and stuff. I assume people are watching these movies and yeah. can find them. Yeah. Uh, are you going to say something now? No, uh, well, just um, don't, please, no spoilers for this one, if you will. Oh, have you not, have you not seen it? No. Uh, I thought you were just going to be quiet because it was going to appear late on your list. <laughs> so they're just playing it, playing it. Well, well it might, Last... you know how my list goes. <laughs> <laughs> it might, even though you've not, you've not seen it, but you don't remember. Uh, it was, it looks fucking amazing, as does everything Edgar Wright does. Uh, the story was very interesting as well. Sorry, it's just saying. Boris. Sorry. Uh, as well. Uh, <laughs> it looks great, as everyone in great does. Uh, the story is actually quite interesting as well. The, the concept it is really original. The acting's great by the guy with the eyes very close together that used to be Doctor Who. Tiny head, doesn't make a good Charles Manson, but is actually a very, very, very good actor. That's me. Yeah, him. He was great in it. Anya Taylor-Joy was fucking excellent, as she always is. 
it was a really, really good movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm surprised Thomas it's not far up my list. Really. Who? Thomas McKenzie. The other lassie. Is that the other lassie? I, yeah. I see, I don't know her name. But she was in Old as well, so she was actually in decent movies this year. Yeah, and she was in Jojo Rabbit as well, but I think that was the year before or the year before that. So she was. Do you know yeah. that? Watching that, I was like, I've definitely seen her on something yeah. recently, but I was then thinking it was a girl I used to know in MySpace because she looks <laughs> very similar to her. And I thought, how can I still remember her after all these years? So it turns out it's not. She's just that other lassie. Uh, it's, uh, it's great, really. I think it lit it down as I was probably expecting just a wee bit more, just a, something a wee bit different. Whereas what it does at the start... It continues the whole way through, but there's no real... Like, I, I don't work out movies before the end, or very rarely I do. This one I had kind of sussed quite quickly, and I don't know if that's deliberate uh, or not, but there was no big shock surprise for me near the end, which then kind of let it down a wee bit. But definitely check it out, and obviously it looks fucking great, and it's worth watching just because he the cinematography and the actual Edgar Wright has got such an eye for screen porn and yeah. that's what this is you watch like early Edgar Wright movies and watch like Shaun of the Dead and stuff and you would think oh Silent Pegg's an absolute genius and then you're like do you know what Edgar Wright's got like you know he's got a lot more input yeah. making movies than you know like Simon Pegg obviously a great actor and great comedy timing but like Edgar Wright was behind I think he was even behind with him from space I think the two of them have been together for like forever and like Edgar Wright yeah, is, is a genius in his own right, for sure. I think it was him and Edgar Wright that wrote Spaced. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just because you I physically see Simon Pegg and you see him and Nick Frost, you just think it's those two. When it's not, it's Simon Pegg and, and Edgar Wright. And Nick Frost is just a good actor that goes with him. Yeah. I think it's just Edgar Wright controlling them all like his little puppets. Because yeah. Baby Driver, the execution Baby really good. Baby. I, I watched Baby Driver just to think of that like everything lands on a beat of the song that he's done and that it, it takes filmmaking into a different fucking world and, and, you, and it's also he's picked up on a point that, he's picked up on a point that people do you know how like that whole thing like like I've seen people make memes about it and I do it myself like I, I change I, I put the song back so that like the good part will happen at, uh, when I'm driving on the motorway rather than when I'm you know sitting in traffic waiting to go on the slip road kind of thing you know, you want the, the fast. You know, these kind of daft things that you want to like experience the fast, the good part of the beat of the song when you're doing something that kind of mimics up in real life. So when the part of the bank robbery where he has to drive back to start and chase start the song again, so they can then get the getaway, it's just like, just like something that people do, and it's such a small thing that they can probably relate to without even realizing. Like, because nobody's they're watching Baby Driver thinking, "Oh, I'm a getaway driver, I rob a bank," but the timing of music to just your, your life, like, is mm-hmm. it was it was perfect. And I, but, uh, but Kevin last night, Spacey. So Kevin a... Spacey. Is he? What's yeah. he in? Kevin Spacey in Baby Driver. Oh, is he? Aye, bad guy. And he's a beaster of boys, so. Not that that's wrong. Little boys. Baby boys. Wait. I think a beaster of anybody. He's not. I know, but you can beast boys and you can beast girls. Like, uh, reciprocal beasting is fine. It's just the. Uh, Forced beasting isn't the trickery beasting is not okay. Such a it's it's such a minefield, isn't it? <laughs> no, 
If you of, are of a normal knowing, boy, your penis pain. should not be in Kevin Spacey's mouth. That is not a minefield at all. That is just out and out. Common sense. Common decency. You're daft wee boy, you should know better. <laughs> Don't take your belly out near Kevin Spacey. Everyone knows that. It was, not, it, was, it was the boy from uh, I thought it was the boy from uh, Road Trip, the teacher's assistant. As, yeah, that, is, that was him. Yeah, and he wasn't that young, was he? Uh, at the time, yeah, I think he was. I'm saying 12, but 17? as with... No, no, he was younger than that. I really? thought he was younger than that. I don't know, it's about everything that we say, nothing is actually based in fact. We yeah. could slander anyone and it's just from hearsay or clickbait. I, uh, yeah, also, um, I don't know actually the facts of the case. I just know that um, Kevin Spacey is uh, not really working anymore, so we have to assume that he is a mega rapist, in which case, that's a bit rubbish because he made some good movies, but I can also, it didn't make movies that I, that it's actually not bothered me at all. There's, I don't think there's any movies that he's made that I'd be like, oh man, I can't watch that anymore. Like, I didn't realise he was in Baby Driver, so... No, it was kind of like a one-and-done movie. Like, I think for the movies he was in, I'd watch them once and then don't really go back to it. I kind of think he mo- a movie that I watched repeatedly that he's in. Or Usual Suspects, or American Beauty. I've not seen um, Usual Suspects. Oh, that's good. And I've only seen uh, American Beauty once. And for anyone else that's not seen Usual Suspects, it's probably good that Scott's not seen it because he would have just ruined it there. Oh, I know this. Do you want me to spoil it? I know the spoiler. No, fucking <laughs> don't spoil it. <laughs> Uh, right, so your number six. My number six. Now, I think this might be controversial. This might even be a movie that people might not have seen. There was something about it. Again, I think if this was a Fright Fest movie, I think it's it would have definitely cemented its place. It's a low-budget, independent, quirky, wee weird film, and it stars uh, Will Wheaton, and it's called Rent-A-Pal. And it's, I think it's, it's, I think it's set in like the eighties or something because it's like VHS tapes. And this like lonely boy, like lonely guy, like in his twenties or thirties, or maybe even older, I can't remember. I think older, I think he's like in his forties. Lives in his mum's basement, and he's got May pals. He's got May relationship. Um, I don't know if it starts off with maybe losing his relationship. I can't remember. But he goes to the video shop and he sees this video like rent a pal. It's called, and he says, oh. I'll just scroll like that, see what it is. Puts it in, and it's a, and it's it, the video is well written, and he's sitting on the other side of the camera, and he's like, like a one-sided conversation. So he plays, so he's playing the video, and he's like, "Hey, pal, how are you? My name's, you know, Joe. What's your name?" And then he goes to pause, and the idea is, that I don't know if these kind of videos existed. They might have, because it's, you know, there's a lot of weird stuff out there, and a lot of lonely people. And the idea is that you then get that space to speak before the tape will then speak back to you. So he watches this tape and he, and he eventually gets into it and he starts talking to Will Wheaton through the, the VHS tape. He starts to like properly get into it. But then the tape then starts changing. You know, like it starts actually answering them as if it's real and as if it's listening to him. And I think the whole part of the movie is like, does he get too invested in it that he is then imagining what's happening? Is, you know, like the tape speaking back to him? Like, is it, is it becoming like a kind of delusional relationship he's got? Or is it like a magic tape is there something supernatural happening that actually like he is speaking from the other side of the tape and he's like kind of get because he gets him to to do things like he eventually gets like a girlfriend halfway through and then like tape gets jealous and like makes him end the relationship do all these kind of weird things and stuff but i just i like the idea that like the feel of it like the kind of colors it was 
dimly lit and it was kind of like VHS hues, like a kind of turquoise hue over it. I liked it. Can I ask a question? Yeah, yeah. If Will Wheaton wasn't in it, would it be your number six? That is difficult to answer. <laughs> However, I would say that there is a good probability that it would not have even been watched. <laughs> <laughs> if there are five horror movies this year and each one of them had a different member from Stand By Me, a cast member from Stand By Me, would that be your top five movies? Yeah, well, Just the, a question. the movie that features Robert Phoenix would 100% be a horror movie, for sure. <laughs> uh, quite quirky, like Swiss Army Man, except Robert <laughs> Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, I've actually, I think I saw you mention this, but I've not watched it because all oh, I love Stand By Me and Will Wheaton's quite cool. It wouldn't drag me in and rent a pal is such an awful name for a film. Yeah, <laughs> like but that's, really that's, that's literally what it is. Though, I'm thinking it's a great idea for merch. See for us coming back. Like now that we've done an episode, we should then release a T-shirt and then maybe a rental pal where you can choose the Scott video or the Liam video. <laughs> Facts are 100 percent wrong in both videos, <laughs> so you're you're not getting a pal that's going to be able to give you like general information that is accurate or true, but you're going to get a whole lot of tangents and fucking nonsense. Yep. Okay, cool, actually. Yeah. I'd buy one of them. Of me. Only Did you talk to yourself? Yeah. But alright, man. We quite quite cool conversations going on in my head. Especially the past year. It's been sense. Number five. My number five is the only movie that I Yeah. Yeah, we should build it up. Just uh, build it up more. Yeah, we're going to build it up. We're going to take like a slight um no, I was going to take a gap there and just like, talk about some other ones, but I thought, you know, some of these ones that I've got like shite on might be stuff that ends up in your list. So stuff that you're going to shite on in your top five? No, as a as a wee gap in the middle. Say these are all good ones. Right. Hey, remember these ones that were also this year? Yeah, pile of shite. There was, you can um, do that if you want. No, they might end up in your list. You know, there's a. Uh, <laughs> did any of the Fear Street uh, end up in your list? No. Right. Let's talk about them. They were good. They were a good idea. I love the colours of the first one, the 1994 one, or whatever it was, because it was all neon and it was like blues and pinks and stuff, and I was like, oh yes, I love this. But I had a realisation when I watched that movie. And the very first scene, it's like in the mall, and it's, um, the girl works in like a poster or whatever, and it's a middle-aged woman, well, say middle-aged, I don't know, maybe in her 40s, but probably closer to my age than the teenager is. And it's the first time that I realised typical slashers, because typical slashers follow teenagers. And the woman doesn't do anything particularly. She just like pays for her stuff or asks that they just like put it in a bit, whatever it is. She's not but they're not having a massive conversation and the girl behind the desk goes, Have a nice day and then just sticks the finger up at her when she turns away. And I was like, Hen, just do your fucking job. What are you playing at? Fucking <laughs> just you know what I mean? Stop being a moody bitch. Do your job. Don't be sticking fingers up to the customers. And I was like, Well, as like, I cannot relate to teenagers and slasher films anymore. <laughs> like, it's like, that's it. That was my realisation, that, that I need to be watching movies about fucking folk that are, you know, the, peop- the, the, the people in their 30s buying houses or having, like, possessed wains, because I can't watch teenagers anymore. Like, there needs to be some kind of adult contingent to a movie, because I can't do it. 
movies about end of life care and old debilitating illness. This is like the vampire one. Yeah. Uh, no, I get that. Fear Street, I just thought if I was if I was 15, 16, maybe 17, I would have fucking loved the movies. Yeah. Like, yeah, I would have bought into it all and it would have been great and it had, I would never have seen it before and oh my god, this is the most, the greatest thing that's ever happened to horror, but as we are old, we have seen it before and yeah. it's, yeah, I got the exact feeling you did. Yeah. So, which is a shame because they were done really fucking well and Netflix they, put a lot of money into them. Yeah, they were done really well. I'd say they would go in the same vein as if you went to, like, the you spent a couple of years watching Goosebumps, you spent a couple of years watching Are You Afraid of the Dark, and then you moved on to Fear Street. That's that's how it went. In fact, it was it was Ariel's thing stuff, wasn't it? Supposed to be. Is that right? Fear Street. Was it? That would make sense, yeah. Yeah, I think it was. So yeah, that would make sense in that way. So I I think it's maybe just missed us. But and it's probably it was probably made by people like in our age group that, that grew up watching and reading those books and those things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just the first I love the colours. But it was just, and by the time I was just, I stopped being being interested. By the time the third one came out, like I watched it, but I wasn't like waiting, waiting for it to to be released so I could watch it. You know. Sorry, I thought the cat. In. Uh, yeah, the third one I didn't actually, I didn't watch. I just uh, I watched the first one and get in it and enjoyed it for what it was. Second one, I kind of, I got a bit bored with because I did decide that right, I'm too old for this and then the third one I didn't put on at all so if the, the third uh, one is actually worth a watch yeah still. no the third, well, the third one they do that thing where they use the same actors but it's obviously like in 1600s and they try and pretend it's like the ancestors or the same characters in different bodies kind of thing and it's like they're like it doesn't really work because you're off in different places this doesn't make any sense they, yeah. you know but anyway, again I, that's an old that's an older eye looking at it as well isn't yeah. it you guys even aren't even from the same place. Yeah, <laughs> idiots. Uh, so will we go then to the, the top, the top, top half five. of the yeah. list? This is where it gets good. Uh, you would think. Hey, you think? <laughs> I say there's a few ones that haven't appeared in your list so far that I'm like, oh, I wonder if they're going to come up next, or if he's not going to put them in at all. It's amazing how there's even uh, well, there's suspense. certainly. Yeah, there's certainly a couple of movies that I have I've got as further honourable mentions, but I'm waiting to see if you put them in. So <laughs> let's see. What's uh, your number well, five? Number five is the only horror movie I actually went to the cinema to see, and the only one where we were going to do this list, the only one that I realised I'd watched, and it's Candyman, directed by Nia Da Costa. Uh, this Candyman was fucking excellent. As far as remakes go, it was done so well now was uh, it a remake or was it a continuation of the story sorry continuation I'm not using the, the correct term like a a, a sequel of sorts yeah yeah, yeah kind of because I, have, I also watched this movie and it's they do talk about Tony Todd's version of Candyman in the movie has, has been a different it have been a different story almost like a, the same story but like a different incarnation Right? No, no, uh, no? Uh, no, no. It's, it's definitely a continuation of the same story. Yeah, so Tony Todd's Candyman is the same Candyman. Uh, yes, Candyman is. The, it, at one point in it, there is a 
slightly kind of CGI version of Candyman that may or may not appear if you haven't seen it, I'm sorry. Uh, and it looks a bit like Tony Todd, so... Yeah. And they, because they talk about... Uh, what's her name? The blonde lassie, I can't remember. Yeah. They talk about her, don't they? As like some, they talk about like a news story or something about how she went mad or something like that. If I remember right, I can't really say anything without actually ruining it. But that it's it's fully a sequel to Candyman. Yeah. But years later, as in the modern day, Candyman happened when Candyman happened, and this is happening now. Yeah. Uh, but it involves the same thing, so it's not a remake. It is a reimaginative sequel because obviously they're just then. In fact, I don't even know where it ties in if Farewell to the Flesh. Like, if they mention that happening, I don't know. They like remember. to do things these days of just forgetting sequels, but as if they don't exist and just starting again. So, yeah. So they probably have just then sacked that. Yeah. I should probably rewatch that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it is, it's great. It, the, the scares were good. It looked fucking great. The budget was huge. It looked excellent in the cinema. It the way that we went to see it in the cinema and you got to feel other people's reactions, people who maybe don't necessarily watch a lot of horror films would still go and see Candyman because it was this big, brand new horror at the cinema and you got to see them reacting to it, which was quite fun and enjoyable as well. And uh, Yeah, I really, really enjoyed Candyman. Maybe with a rewatch, it would go higher up, possibly. Uh, But yeah, Candyman was fucking excellent. Number five. Right, my number five is the only Fright Fest movie that's made it onto my list. However, I did enjoy a whole bunch of stuff that I've seen from the, the Glasgow Film Festival slash Fright Fest that were all only. The movie that's made it onto the list is a movie that is currently streaming, Believe on Shudder. It's a movie called Vicious Fun, and that's exactly what it is. Vicious Fun. It is a fantastically enjoyable romp through gore and comedy and situational mishaps that's it that, that, that just works and i think it would have been an absolute delight to have seen it in the gft and um it's a the i just i just loved it oh, the gft by the way for anybody who's not from glasgow is glasgow film theater it's like an independent cinema where they play fright fest and you know independent kind of movies and whatnot um so yeah fish is fun and i, I think it's streaming on i think it's shudder uh uk and it's uh, it's definitely worth your time it is a movie that it's you know it's, you know like we try and like justify some of the fight fest stuff and say like oh you, you need to be in the audience to watch it or it might not translate well. This one, yeah, yeah, this one's perfect. This one will definitely. This is a good, good, fun movie. Watch it on a you know when you've got a free evening. It's brilliant. I loved it. It's actually on my Amazon watch list, but I didn't realise it was a fight fest. Amazon, I think it's still through Shudder and the Shudder channel on Amazon. Yeah. But it's definitely there. Uh, yeah. I didn't realise it was the Fright Fest one. Yeah, yeah. So I've technically uh, paid to watch that and I've not seen it yet. Yeah, uh, it was totally worth your time. It was brilliant. Really, really good fun. Uh, I think the synopsis... I'm... No, it doesn't matter. Well, the synopsis is the boy... I can't remember how he ends up there. But he ends up in like a kind of support group for serial killers. Right. Uh, and they're all they're coming around and talking about their people they've killed and the different ways they've killed them and either like wanting support on how to do it better or they're talk to try to justify themselves why... Uh, either way, he accidentally finds himself in this pub that's you know closed for this group that's happening, and then he they mistake him for a serial killer who who hasn't turned up, and he pretends to be this serial killer, and then they, obviously they start to unravel that they find him out, and then it's just how 
and it you know becomes vicious fun from then on in. Uh, but it's uh, <laughs> it's it's worth your time. It's a good it's a good movie. It's well written, well acted. Uh, just good fun. Did they drop the movie title on it a few times the way you've just did? No, they don't Cause... actually. They don't. Right, good. I'll watch it. I'll definitely watch it then. <laughs> if they had done that, I'd have sacked it. <laughs> Completely removed from watch list. But no, I'll check that out. It does sound good. Uh, I wish I'd known it was a Fight Fest film because I would probably have made sure to watch it before this. But now that I think about it, I think the synopsis on Amazon does say Fright Fest presents. So that's just on me. If, um, while we are talking about uh, Fright Fest movies, the ones, the other ones that are currently streaming, I believe the old ways is streaming on Netflix. That is okay. Um, if you get the chance to watch Run, Hide, Fight, I think that's streaming somewhere as well. It's about a school shooting. Um, kind of negative reviews, I think, basically because of the subject matter. But um, that was one of the ones that was on late when I was pushed at the tits, and I really enjoyed that as well. Uh, I don't want to watch the movie about the school shooting that is full of positive views. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the other movies from uh, Freight Fest, uh, American Badger, uh, action film with kind of dodgy CGI. Uh, if only watch it if you're a completist. Um, Out of the World, can't even remember it. And the Woman in the Leopard Shoes. It was one of those black and white ones, kind of in the same vein as that one. Uh, that we seen a couple of years ago. Um, oh, the quantitative one? Yeah, it was, it was in the same idea as that. So basically it was like a kind of, some. I think it was a killer or a, or a house robber or something. He was doing a, doing a, try to rob something. And then the party starts in this house that he's supposed to have been out before it happens. And he has to hide under the bed. And basically it's black and white and it's just like a mystery that unfolds where people keep coming into the room and all you can see is their shoes. And it's the, you know, the women in the shoes. So it, it was okay. Um, but uh, yeah, if, from... from uh, my takeaways from Fight Fest is watch Run, Hide, Fight and watch Vicious Fun if you can. Well, but yeah, Vicious Fun is my, Vicious Fun's my number five. I'll check out Vicious Fun. My number four will be a quick one because we've already covered it. I just managed to hold my wish one off. <laughs> uh, my number four is My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To. It's uh, a good movie. It is. It's, it's fucking great. He's so good in it. Uh, yeah. All of them are good. The, they are, they are, they really, they really are. Even if he's not a Culkin. Yeah, he's not a Chester, he's not said, a, he's fucking not, bastard. <laughs> despite what we said earlier, like, you're not any better if you're a Culkin. You were, you were fucking great, as you are. So I mean, if you're be better yourself. than a Culkin, that goes for anybody, but... <laughs> just know, you out there that's not a Culkin, anyone, just know that you'll never be as good as you could be had you been born into the Culkin family. That movie was it was excellent. It was so grim, and it just it kind of lingered. It made you feel like, oh, do I need to wash? Do I... Then the evening, the sort of the, the, the further into the depths of shit. If that was a, a family member, how would I react? Would would I kill people and feed them blood? Or if that was a disease, would I be able to put, like cut off my entire life? To concentrate and help this one ailing family member, like would I have it in me to do that? It made me question things that I necessarily wouldn't question. And yeah, it's fucking great. Number four. Do you know what it's kind of like? Can't beat. It's kind of like uh, the transfig- transfiguration. The yeah, the movie. Yep. And the same way that, like, if you imagine 
we don't actually know if this boy is actually a vampire. We just know that this family believed they need feed him blood because at one point after the feed him blood, he's then sick as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, are they, are, are, is he actually? Are they making him worse by thinking? Yeah. Like, yeah. In fact, yeah, that's the point. Actually, are, yes. are they the bad guys because they're they're making him ill by feeding him blood, and he thinks that that's what he's got to live on. So they're actually creating the disease. What's that disease called? Munchausen's. Well, no? Yeah. Yeah, Munchausen's eh? Munchausen's mm. eh, proxy. Like you, so, I mean, these two people that believe they're vampires or are acting like they're consuming blood could exist in the exact same universe. Especially the kind of nature of the, the way the movies are filmed as well. Could be. Yeah. There you go. What's your my, number four? My number four is uh, a movie by a director who I think is pretty damn good and people give him a hard time his first movie was outstanding and subsequent movies people are just kind of, I think people are expecting the same amount of brilliance as movie one and you're not always going to get that you know you need to look at them for different reasons and different you know different parts to to, to make it what it is this movie is called Old by M. Night Shyamalan and I just thought it was quite fun basically I thought it was <laughs> it's your number four. You were building it up, building it up, and I just think that was quite fun. Yeah, quite, that, quite I'm, fun does I'm, not at all finish that build up. I'm uh, exhilaratingly fun, vicious fun sums it up not just, and I thought that was <laughs> quite fun. I'm, uh, I'm two and a half beers and a whiskey in here, I'm just trying to figure it out. What level of enthusiastic I should be? <laughs> I forgot how to do this because no, I thought old was good because I thought it, I thought it was quite interesting. Um, I thought it was. I mean, it didn't. It, did it make sense? I think he, he had a he had a reason for it when it got to the end of the movie. I'm I'm sure, but obviously the science doesn't actually make sense. But it it was quite quite interesting looking at the characters and how they dealt with the. Uh, the implications of rapid aging. Like, how would you do it? Yeah. Like, the kids are growing up really fast because they're powering through puberty and growing old really, really quick. And then you've got the adults who are obviously growing older, but it's less noticeable because, you know, they're not particularly aging anymore. You get the old, like, spoilers, you've got the, the granny who dies pretty quickly because she is old as fuck the time she gets to the beach. The harrowing part with, you know, there's a whole scene with, with the, with the with basically with the kids that I'm not going to spoil stuff just transpires so fast and there was a bit of science that went into the, have you seen it before yeah yeah, yeah. so there's the it science. was it it's not it's not it's not in my list at all. it is in my right. list but it's at number like 15 so it's not going to appear right. so <laughs> the, the the science you know if you, you can imagine what that, the two kids that kind of meet on this beach that end up obviously growing up really fast so what happens with them happens but the science that goes into this situation is something i didn't think about i was expecting something completely different to happen with that I was expecting more rapid aging and not yeah. what did happen, which was pretty heartbreaking because I was probably watching it around about the time where, obviously, in normal speed was happening to me. But yeah. it was, you're just like, wow, I didn't even think that would be the case. I also didn't think that would have happened in that movie. But uh, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was really good. I thought it was really fun. And I thought, um, it was different as well. I thought it was completely different, and I thought in Night Train and knocked out of the park again. 
see, I, I really liked it as well. I thought it was good. I, I kind of, I thought the ending was a bit, and I know everybody always has an issue with, like, there's not a whole lot Shyamalan can do, because regardless of what he does as an ending, people are going to just criticise it and slag it, because it's like, oh, well, I worked that out, or I've seen that coming. And he has a hard time for that, just because of the sixth sense, obviously. Yeah. But this one, I did actually, I did kind of work out where it was like, right, this has been kind of obvious from the whole way through. Uh, so the ending didn't get me, but the rest of the movie I thought was was great. The the effects were excellent. The actual story and the concept, even at the end as well, it still is very clever. If, even if it doesn't work, uh, uh, I enjoyed it. But I also enjoyed the hap the happening. Like I ha- I'm yeah, quite I a Shyamalan fan. I don't think there's one that I I don't think yeah I don't think there's any that I actually strongly dislike. Even the one where literally the grass kills you was still good. It's like. You could probably look at it as like a kind of allegory for like climate change, you know, and like how the planet's like, you know, you're fucking me up here. Like, in fact, that's what it was about because the planet was annoyed that we were fucking yeah. up, that it was kicking back. So he's like the OG climate changer, you know. Leo, take a step back. Any night has been <laughs> on it for fucking ages. Uh, no, I don't know about take a step back though, because Leo, I like watching him acting movies. The the worst bit about old was. Shaman's cameo, like he forced that too much. Who's, Did he who have to be? The bus driver and the guy who's then watching the island or the the beach the entire time and then right. reports on the walkie talkie. He basically made himself quite a quite a recurring important role in it, which I think is a bit too cocksure for a director. Like your director's cameo should be like Hitchcock, where you walk by the screen. Ah, excellent yeah. there, I've just seen him. It shouldn't be Look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm in, I'm in my movie. Hey, hey, how clever is this? Look, I'm in this movie. Especially if you're actually meant to propel the scene on or be maybe part of the twist because straight away I'm thinking, there's the director and I'm now out of the movie. Yeah. I'm conscious that you are the person who has created this work of fiction and I'm now taken away from the story. Whereas if you put a different actor in there, oh, who's this guy? Could this guy be working for someone? I'm in it. I'm I'm there. I think he, he did himself a kind of disservice or a disjust, uh, an injustice by putting himself in that role. But it's still a good yeah. movie. You don't see Edgar Wright putting himself in his, in his movies and a in M Night's clearly no Taikita Waititi because he can just be the he can act as every part <laughs> and direct it and it's probably good. Yeah, it's fine. If M Night Shaman turned like just as they were all aging if he just appeared on the beach as a camp hitler i'd be fine with that. like that, that is fine that that's using your movie for for that's using it right you're using your powers for good but putting yourself in such a a role that carries the twist and the change i just thought was a mad decision yeah, yeah i'd agree see so but the movie is my number so I liked it. Yeah. Three. Here we go. This is the top three people. This is the top three of 2021. According to us. According to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so my number three and my top three have changed about ever so slightly. And the the actually the past few weeks feel a bit like old where I've went from watching one movie to having about 30 odd and then thought about my list over and over and over. So these three have changed quite a bit 
uh, if I had a full year to do it, which I did, I just didn't take that. If I had, had a, if I did it for a full year, then I'd maybe be more settled on like one over the other. But uh, right now, as it stands, my number three is Sensor, directed by Prano Bailey Bond. I've maybe read that wrong. My writing's tiny. Yeah, so I thought they had the name, wrong name. So, Sensor, have you seen it? I have seen it, yes. You have seen it? Uh, the, there's no point in the synopsis. Sensor was fucking great. It looked so different to anything else that I'd watched in the past few weeks. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, the acting was great, and I didn't really recognise anyone from it, which is always is a little bonus. Is the main girl the girl from the night uh, possibly I've never sat through the Nightingale because every, everything that everybody tells me about it I know will linger with me for too long and I'm just not ready for that just now so it could be her uh, two seconds I'll put the thing up I watched it and I thought it was okay but it didn't you know it didn't like it didn't make it any of my list oh see I thought you were being coy there and it was going to appear no, it's just not in my list. Yeah. It was just, it was just, yeah. it's just, it just happened this year, and um, that's a bit as much as I can say about it. Uh, kind of like, mm. kind of like barbarian sound studio slightly. I felt. Uh, I think you finished uh, that movie. Uh, <laughs> that is also another good movie. A bit like that. A bit like kind of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place in a way. A bit it. like the whatever that other one was last year that was about the kind of clothing store weird clothing store, I can't remember it. can't remember what it's called. Anyway, that was also good. This, uh, I really enjoyed it. I watched it twice. And for considering, I was trying to kind of cram in as many movies as possible to sit and watch something twice as I did with another one. Uh, was quite impressive. So, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Definitely worth checking out. As a fan of horror, it was just... It was great. What it did, it did stylishly. And I really approve of that right now. There's a lot of movies coming out that just are very kind of similar, like Fear Street, where it's like, great, we've seen all this. You can wrap it up nice and you can put it in 4K sparkles, but I've seen it, whereas Sensor was just that wee bit different. Uh, definitely worth a watch. Number three, Sensor. My number three. Was and I don't think this will make it on a lot of people's lists, and I don't think it'll make it on a lot of people's lists high up. I may be wrong. It might be your number two or one. I don't think it will be, but it might be. Because it's not an actual film. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it's Horonation Street. <laughs> no, it's um, it, it it's it's a typical haunted house movie. It's a movie where the occupants of the house had been playing with some kind of satanic cult or something, and they'd been doing some spells and whatever, and they had, they had created this scenario where the the house was haunted once you were in the house you couldn't get back out it was you know pretty standard play by numbers haunted house what makes this different is that this house was under the water this movie's called the deep house that addition of having it under the water really really made it a worthwhile movie in my eyes i feel as if the tension added with that running out oxygen when you're stuck when when and, you know this old house that 
they find a way in and everything's still you know pristine it looks normal even if it's just underwater something's floating about and all the rest of it and then when they try and leave you know obviously as people do in haunted house movies they fuck about with shit they take away a big fucking crucifix nail on a door shut take five minutes like just don't do that fucking idiots but they do it and they touch deep bodies deep bodies that are clearly bound up with some magical helmets and stuff and they touch them that's a spoiler sorry folks um but <laughs> when you're under the water because how slow can you go under the water fucking really slow you're so much slower than anything else and try to get out your oxygen's running out and then you're you know and also the fact that the, the, the house is, is you kind of find your way back out you know all these different things that happen and it really added that extension because one drowning is scary as fuck nobody wants to drown and two I don't know what the name for it is. I'm sure there will be a name for it, but I really like the aesthetic of things that are under the water that shouldn't be under the water. There was a video I seen on TikTok, and it was somebody who was like in this—it's like a scuba diving practice pool. They say the deepest pool in the UK, or, you know, in the world, and it's like just looks like a big swimming pool on the top of the water, and then the camera goes under the water, and it's deep as fuck. And some of the levels have got like there's a car under it, and there's like a kind of a shop or something like front, and it's like for just practicing like underwater exploring. And there's like a kind of mm. simulated cave as well as the, the pool goes deeper and deeper, really, really far down. And I just thought that looks amazing, you know. Just I don't know, what, I don't know what it's called to really enjoy things that are under the water that should be under the water. <laughs> but I love it, and I think that's just why I, I just love that movie. I thought the deep house was cracking. Top three. Uh, I know that that blows my mind because yeah. deep house is one of the ones I watched and uh, on my list. It is. Number twenty-two, but I think I've justified 26. my reasons for putting it so high. I think the passion that I've just showed there for underwater stuff is is uh, is worth it. Is, is justified. I like hydrogen and two parts oxygen. Did you I say love water. Twenty-six. I don't two two parts hydrogen, two oxygen. I don't know. What so did means. you say? Did you say it landed uh, at number twenty-six? Uh, number twenty-two of twenty-six. Twenty-two of twenty-six. I thought you were questioning my chemistry. And then <laughs> I was just throwing it under the bus. Maybe my chemistry was right. Two parts hydrogen and one part oxygen. Is that what it is? Yeah, H2O. Two yeah. parts oxygen. H2O. Right, yeah, but is it two for the H or is it two for the O? Hydrogen. It's uh, the same with J2O. Is two for the juicy or O for the oxygen? <laughs> I assume that's what J2O stands for. Juicy. Two oxygen. Two, yeah, two, two juicy to one oxygen. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So yeah, that's it. So you, you, the movie's number three because you really like water. Yeah, yeah I love swimming. Yeah. Hey, the actual house bit of it was done fucking great. Like, yeah. uh, again, like some of the other things, it was quite creepy and the way it unsettled you because it was like, there's something so not right about this. But the dialogue of the male character, like, I'm sick of movies about YouTubers. It's done youtubers and tiktokers and stuff there's yeah. so many out there it, it's done move on we don't need everything to revolve around that crowd anymore let's do yeah. something different uh, yeah because it's a justified of... reason it's, yeah it's a justified reason for the character to put themselves in really precarious situations like they did not need to go that extra mile into the house they could have seen yeah. enough and he just wanted to see more and they just wanted to foot away more like, they could have got out and just been like, oh, that fucking house under the water was cool as shit, wasn't it? But no, neither did. 
and it's like putting it out there that <laughs> putting it out there as well. It's like the, the all the dick decisions that he makes. It's like oh, I'm just doing it for the likes. It's like yeah, right, okay. Then I hate these people. I, I, I'm I'm strongly disliking this now. So stop doing it in every movie. I know it's a, a reason that they would make these stupid decisions, but just. I don't root for them. See, I know the the like from a YouTuber show or the the type of people these guys are. I'm like, right. Well, I don't care if they die. I don't. I'm not going to root for their success at this point. Yeah, but actual house bits are done great. It looks yeah. fucking amazing, and I am terrified. I went. I tried to do scuba diving, and for like a day and a half, I thought I was going to be the next next Jack Cousteau. I was <laughs> going to be a marine photographer. And then they asked me to take my mask off and clean it like, underwater. And then you put it back on and I, not at all. I just, the overwhelming fear of drowning came over me and I fucking hate being underwater now. So so you can see how scary that movie is then? 100%. See, see if that guy's dialogue wasn't as god-awful and it wasn't anything to do with YouTube. and Or they just made it, see, haunted house, underwater, but it's, done like a slow burn unsettling thing like a Japanese film or The Witch or something that underwater, that to me would be like to the core terrifying but with when you've got then quirky people doing it and you, they've also tried to push the character story in it, like it's shut up, I don't want to hear you, I want to see the house, I want to see the water in the house and I want to see the things underwater not like you, that's what I want to see. I don't want to hear the fucking characters talking for the YouTube thing. I don't care about them. You need to give me a slow underwater burn and oh my god man, I would be chilled to the bone. Yeah. So that's your number three. Mm-hmm. My number two is in fact one of my points because my notes on my phone for the deep house was that I'm bored of found footage movies so obviously I'm not said that at that point because my number two is a found footage movie which I watched after that and it rekindled my love of found footage movies uh, or documentary style movies rather than found oh, footage oh you have not it's not is it have you went back it to is the <laughs> it is the medium uh, directed by insert name of Thai director uh, from the same director as The Wailing I really 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 enjoyed this and I, I think I enjoyed it more than evidently Scott <laughs> 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 and a few other people uh, I think what got me with this was the the scope of it the cinematography and the way it made these kind of rural bits of Thailand look and as the movie progresses it gets bigger and bigger and kind of all encompassing like there is there is this entity or force or something there the way it was shot yeah that told more of a story I think than the actual story itself and I was really impressed with that and again some of the, the, the actual footage was done really well, it gave me chills, it kept me going, it kept me hanging on to find out what is actually happening here. I'm just interested in that kind of the, the kind of medium culture of the, 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 the shamans and stuff. I really 
I really enjoyed that. What did you not like about it? I I just think that it, I don't think it did anything different from any other kind of possession movie that I'd seen before. I didn't I I, I wasn't drawn into the fake donkey documentary style. I um, I don't know. I just I remember watching it and thinking. I mean, there was some good scenes in it. It was an enjoyable movie as such, but I just didn't think it was stand out. Wow! Like, and I seen it. And I made sure I watched it because I've seen it show up in a lot of people's lists that they'd already done lists before you know we got around to doing this episode, and, and I'd see, seen it quite often be, and scoring quite high as well, like used, like being up number two, and I just felt like I didn't get from it what other people were getting from it. Like I don't know, I just I was like, I just didn't, you know, it just didn't do it for me. <laughs> not enough underwater shots. <laughs> yeah, not enough underwater. <laughs> I I really I really liked it. I'd like to watch it again if I had time, just to see, like maybe pay more attention to other bits as well because I was just so lost in how good it looked. What did the, um, what was the last called? Was is it Pink? Ping, I think it was. Ping, was it Ping? Pong. Yeah, it was a, it was a funny that funny. that <laughs> sounds like it should be so racist, but it was one of them. <laughs> I mean, there was the 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 scene where the the guy who had lost his baby son and stuff was, was pretty intense and then there was some you know there was some good elements but there was also some I, I didn't think the you know like the after credits scene that went back and like showed you like gave you that wee bit more information that was like a bit like oh I was like eh. <laughs> you know <laughs> that's my expert <laughs> opinion <laughs> that bit that was like eh, I was like oh <laughs> <laughs> I hope they put that in the poster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, so I I really I really enjoyed it. My number uh, actually for a while that was my number one. Uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I really hope I, I can only imagine what's 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 taking the top spot. I can I can actually imagine and I just uh, I just can't fathom it. <laughs> well, let's see your number two first and then you won't need to fathom it. I can just. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> okay, my number two. Now, my number two is a movie that has already appeared on your list. My oh. number two is a movie that, when discussed with other people, they were like, "What movie is that?" And I was like, "How could you not know what this movie is? This movie is literally was like the top anticipated movie, like on on my radar before it came out." This movie was like going to be, you know, the best movie of the entire year, and it almost was. This movie was perfect. I feel it dealt with the subject matter absolutely outstandingly. I feel as if it was acted incredibly. I feel as if it hit the nail on the head of what the toxic culture that people have to live with every single day. I think it just done it perfect, like amazingly. I think the lead actress, or in fact I'll say lead actor because it doesn't matter, gender is not specific yet, um, done an amazing job and it shouldn't matter but she's also stunning. Um, I felt that the ending, however bleak, was the correct ending because I feel like sometimes movies, the, the endings to Hollywood, to romanticise, too perfect, to unbelievable but it's happier than this ending was because this ending was quite bleak but it got the reaction that she needed 
This is a promising young woman. Now, if you haven't seen it, I don't know what you've been doing in your life because this movie is, <laughs> is this movie is is, is the Oscars been yet? Did this win it? It should have. Well, I, it isn't my top ten. I don't actually remember anything from it apart from that I enjoyed it. So. <laughs> I, should, a... I get, I get why you didn't, but you should have jumped in with this at the start. <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah, I just this movie stayed with me for days after it's finished. It was, I thought the colours were outstanding. It still kind of shows up as one of Sky Originals, like kind of features on the kind of home screen for Sky Q every now and again. And I think it just really, it really hit hit the nail on the head. I don't know who wrote and directed it. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming it was uh, it's a woman or certainly somebody who's like in tune with you know the struggles of. Of, of what women face, the date rape culture and the, the nice guy culture and all that incel pish that fucking dickhead guys are all about, like fucking idiots that are so upset that people won't sleep with them because they believe that they're fucking owed it, that they behave in horrible, horrible ways. The whole uh, cup of tea situation, you know, the whole like consent being a cup of tea thing. Unconscious people mm. do not want tea. Like it's not hard to, to get through your head. Do you know what I mean? Like, like in, 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 consent can be taken away at any point. Nobody owes you anything. Just the same as it works the opposite way as well. That your consent can be withdrawn. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, somebody fucking rubs up your dick and just climbs on you in the middle of the night. That's not on. Even though people would say, oh, but you loved it though. It's not on. <laughs> like this, the, the, the culture for, for like a long time of people just, you know, taking what they want from people and other, and, 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 you know, victims being afraid to mention it. For fear of either looking stupid, looking frigid, looking like you're ruining somebody's career. This is for both genders in both situations. Obviously, more prevalent in females being the victims. That is undisputed. But do you know what I mean like just as like human beings, take yeah. a minute to to just understand what the other person is 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 wanting and expecting from you know our, our, our relationship, sexual or otherwise, and just be mindful of that. But there's so many people. I would love it if everybody was just so aware of like the universe in terms of like thinking of things as everything recently i've started to think of people as it'd be good if everybody every single person in the world is capable of liking or disliking anything or nothing at, the, at any point in time if that makes yeah. sense people's preferences and choices are fluid and see the the, the, the quicker the human race realize that and they, they drop toxic masculinity and don't know what the opposite version is for femininity. Like, I was going to say, <laughs> now this is, I was going to say, I'm so glad I didn't. I'm going to tell you, but I was going to say, because I realised that it's not the right words, so that's, that's absolving myself from any responsibility here. That's <laughs> not how it works, the, quicker, the, quicker, the quicker the human race drops toxic masculinity and frigid femininity, the better. <laughs> <laughs> Which is obviously not the correct term, but do you know what I mean? Like the quicker people just realise that anybody can like anything, and that goes for like, let's just call the whole world pansexual, and be done with it, right? Yeah. Don't have guys fucking. There was a TikTok the other day that the, the, the guy was getting tequila poured in his mouth, and he's when he's putting his head back and opened his mouth with tequila, his pal shoves a dildo in his mouth for a laugh, and the comments were all like, "Oh, I'd be shooting like like folk, I'd be pulling out a gun and shooting him. I, they're not your friends. I'd be throwing fists and all that." Why are you so angry? That a bit of plastic would be put in your mouth. Like that's just because it looks like a willy. Because why are you so angry? Do you know what I mean why why is it such a big deal? Why why do people behave in the way they behave? Why can't people just be like, I like this, I don't like this, and that's it. 
and that can change. Look, look at your favourite song, look at your favourite movie, your favourite food, your favourite colour. All these things change throughout your whole life. Some things, well, some things stay the same, but they all have the capacity to change. Change is the only constant. Remember when one of our pals uh, took the option to put a dildo in his mouth? That's all I could think of when you said that. Well, yeah, well, also, that one is that, that that piece of plastic had been some other places before. <laughs> I, that one, that one was filthy, and that was incorrect. Uh, when you said about the dick rubbing thing, on the tangent again, probably toxic masculinity. Over Christmas, Lena was telling my family about when we were first texting each other. And I'd come out of the palace and she'd text me saying, tell me a joke. <laughs> and apparently I replied and said, I can't tell you a joke, but a really weird thing happened. Uh, this girl comes outside the palace, put her hand on my dick and went, yours are mine. And I went, well, that's definitely mine. <laughs> apparently, right? So I, <laughs> I text Lena this, meaning it fully as a joke. Like, you say, tell me a joke, well, I'm pretend it's actually happened. For months, Lena thought that had actually happened and fell out. Like, she stopped texting me for days. I don't remember it, but she stopped texting me for days because she thought I'd actually was just bragging about this girl come up and putting her hand on my dick. And it was completely fictional. So when you see the bit just in bars, just sliding up on dicks, I was like, oh, I'm going to tell that story. <laughs> but it was good, isn't it? It was hilarious. And it should have been met with a warm reception and text back, not uh, being ignored. But... You know, I believe it was very happy to see it to me, though. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was that department. I, I, did kind of, I did kind of say it in a way that would uh, suggest that it was happening, but I agree with everything you're saying. Uh, everyone should just like what you like, don't like what yeah. you don't like, and That's let it. people live their lives. 100%. Just you know, love man, you. Like. It doesn't affect you in any way, shape or form, so fucking... Over it as just make sure that the person that's doing whatever it is that you like to do is, is also likes what you're doing and wants to do what you're doing. Aye, obviously, I'm not saying go out there and support like sexual crimes and all that because they're just doing what they want within reason. You still yeah, support live in a society, things. yeah, you still live in a society, so go out and do things that you want to do, but don't do things that are going to hurt other people. Join the satanic temple, be yourself, just do what you want. Be happy, don't hurt others. There you go. I think that's pretty fair. If, if Scott and Liam versus Evil's top 10 of 2021 has taught you anything, let it be that. Or let yeah. it be that hilarious joke that I text Liam and she felt like me for because like, that was funny. <laughs> we're all pansexual and let go of your anger. How's that? Yep. That's right. absolutely fine. Don't Number date one. Andy. Don't date anyone. <laughs> and with that. <laughs> Our number. Well, I mean, one. I mean, if you're consenting to date rape, then I guess you can. Aye. Right. GHB. I see. See if they're into it. I, like maybe, maybe, maybe they're maybe they're like, I date rape me and film it, and then we'll watch it back, and they'll get totally off on it. I mean, that those people exist as well. So, like I say, everybody, everybody's got the potential to like anything at any one time. I, so that could happen. In which case, go for it. I used to go to Carbon every Thursday night, and I just date rape myself. I just didn't realise I was date raping myself. But I used to <laughs> reveal them too much. I used to take uh, <laughs> like a couple of Valium before going out and then drink, and I do not remember any of the nights. Like I, I had a whale of a time. I was in pictures, being the fucking life and soul of the party in Carbon, in Carbon, of all places, and remember nothing the next day. 
and it's only obviously years later it's like oh that's kind of like no you are technically date raping yourself willingly and I was fine and you still never got checked <laughs> I, still, I still never got my hole <laughs> well we don't actually know because yeah, I, yeah. I remembered nothing and I looked like I was having a good time so I mean I'd have been attracted to the guy there that was having a, a whale of a time had I been uh a young carbon attendee, so maybe it was. Who knows? Maybe it'll be a really dark episode soon where I start to remember some yeah. repressed carbon memories. You find an old memory card for old pictures, old cameras, <laughs> old videos. All the, all the times of me not having so much fun in carbon. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, number one is you think you know what number one is? I've got a good guess what your number one could possibly be. Um, I mean, I'm looking at my number one, and I don't know how it's not appeared on your list so far, so it could be that, but I I really think it's going to be a movie that I have got a lot to say about. My number one? Should I give my number one, and then you go, oh, that's not what I thought it was, or should you give what you think it is, and then I go, oh, that's not No, no, you tell me, and I'll react. Number one, directed by... The man who was in the GFT with us and I said that man who looks like Ben Wheatley is actually the director of some other film and it turns out it was Ben Wheatley. My number one film is directed by Ben Wheatley. It is In the Earth. It stars Reese Shearsmith and the guy from Plebs. It was like that in-between-us thing uh, back in the Roman times. I never watched it. Anyway, he's in it. In the Earth was fucking great. Reese Shearsmith proves that he can easily be the the lead in a separate thing that's not written by them and complete be so convincing in it and be fucking great. It was so good in this. The movie was as is with Ben the films, it kept me kinda of guessing to the end had me tense, it looked fucking great, it actually, it was quite kind of psychedelic in bits, I think what he, he'd done in a field in England, and what a lot of people have issues with in field in England, I think he, he, he kind of fixed that, and did this psychedelic trip thing even better than this, yeah, I fucking loved it, I absolutely loved it, in there. Is it, where is, I didn't, I did not expect you to say that at all, I am aware of this movie. I seen people were what were watching it. Is is it streaming somewhere? Where is it available? Uh, I rented it on Sky, but I think it was like four ninety nine, if I remember correctly. It wasn't one of the mad ones that yeah. are like oh, geez, twenty quid and you can watch us for three years. because yeah. uh, um, I'm surprised oh. that it's hit your number one because I I did fancy it. I just think I'm really watching it, so I uh, I'm going to try for sure watch it now. Really, and it did the medium and in the earth kind of swap places, and it was probably in the past couple of days where every time we sort of go to record this, the sun comes up and we, we we change it. It was like, hey, no, actually, no, I'm not happy. That's what I change this. I change this. So in the earth is another one that I then watched again. I paid to rent it again. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and although this time I died, I actually paid for it to, to buy. So I'd rented it to see it and then I actually bought the thing on Sky that then comes with the Blu-ray. Yeah. So I'll get the Blu-ray eventually. Uh, 
and yeah, after that watch, I was like, no, this has to be my number one. I just, I get so caught up and sucked into the world. I just thought it was really... There's not a lot you can say without ruining it. I think it's one of those movies that if you're a fan of Ben Wheatley, you've, all, you've maybe seen it. If you've not, you're going to see it. And if you don't know who Ben Wheatley is or you've not heard of this, go and watch it, see what you think. Reese Shearsmith is so good in it. I think that's what surprised me most because you know he's a good actor and Inside Number 9 and League of Gentlemen and things that he's written and parts that he's maybe written a folk I've wrote for him in mind. But to see him handle this as just a kind of standalone actor that I thought was was great. The main guy as well. It's just been in a lot of kind of comedy things where I don't care is much it, either way for him. Is it the boy from Friday Night Dinner? Uh, no. His name is Joel Fry. He is in... He was in Game of Thrones, obviously... I'm trying to think of things that you've definitely seen him in. I can't think of him. He was a postman in Paddington oh, 2. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't think he's talking about He's I quite like him, actually. I think he's quite got a funny delivery in his movies. I've never really been that he, first I with him. I think he's maybe in 90. Really? It doesn't come up on IMDb. No, I tell you why. It wasn't 90. It was Cruella. That's a movie I watched this year as well. Yeah, that should have actually made my list. <laughs> uh, no, I quite like him. Aye. I know that's yeah. a good, but good picture. So he, good, he, good sort of there. he was great in it uh, as well. So was Rhys Shearsmith. Hayley Squires was also excellent. Elora Torchia? Torquia? Don't really know how to pronounce that. She was fucking great and there was something else. She was also in Midsummer, but I didn't know that until halfway through it later. I went, oh, that was the uh, T.Y. the Backpackers that our boyfriend goes missing in midsummer and they, oh, yeah. they, they say they've took him to the train station she's the girlfriend she's great in this as well and i'll lead role aye there's not it was it just looks beautiful and eerie i, I don't know where they filmed it but uh i, I don't i don't want to ruin it just go and watch it yeah no i'm Do definitely going to watch it yeah i'm, I'm uh, quite happy with your number one to be fair um what did you think it was Malignant. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, oh, I've actually not watched Malignant, so Malignant oh. could be there. But I've just, I'm not, I don't care for James Wan. And the people who know my taste have said that I would like this, and I probably would like Malignant. But I've just not got around to it or been that first. I just, I just, I just didn't like it at all. I got it. This was the first foray into the High Seas Ventures for me. Was this movie and the beginning? I was when I was watching it. I was like, because I, I knew it was a you know big budget cinema movie. James Wan's names on it, and I was like, stuck it in to watch. And me and Lawrence sat down. And I was watching it the first ten minutes. I was like, this isn't this isn't the right film. This is what is this? <laughs> and then it kind of transpired. I was like, fuck right, okay, it is more than. And then it finished, and I was like, what? And the holy fuck was that nonsense? And then everybody's like, oh my god, spunk spunk spunk. I love my legend. It was so good. It was so <laughs> I could see it was it was right after Giallo's and. Fucking uh, Tenebrae guy and cleaning Mario Baba and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, ah, shut up, shut up, shut up. I don't care how many. Duncan's head has just <laughs> exploded <laughs> that you just said Giallo Tenebrae guy. 
his eyes, his avocet. A gentle, just, a gentle. <laughs> it's just <laughs> But it was Holy like people, people are people are oh he was he was trying to link it to uh, to yellow movies and he was doing this to reference this and I'm like, I don't give a fuck because the movie <laughs> he made was pish. I don't care how many references he tried to drop in it or how many things he tried to make like it, it was garbage. Absolute nonsense. And the fact that there was parts on it that and maybe as again, this is me being my back foot, being a mental health background, but there was parts in it that was to do with hospitals and mental health illnesses, and I just thought, get to fuck James Wan, you've got no idea what you're talking about. Piss off, because this is all garbage. Shite. Now, can I just talk about tight while well, we're at it, yeah. while well, we're talking about people being pretentiously loving pish, this <laughs> movie, because people are fucking, again, spunk, 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 Scoosh, 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 all over Raw. And I was like, right, Raw was all right. It was on the Horror Channel the other night, and I watched it on Night Shift, and I was like, aye, it's all right. But I remember everybody fucking absolutely tripping over themselves to love this movie at the time, and I was like, eh, eh, it's all right. You know what I mean? And then Titan comes out, I knew nothing about it, got a copy and watched it, and I was like, in the first 20 minutes, I'm like, holy shit, this is bonkers, <laughs> this is brilliant. And then it transpires to then proceed into a further two different movies. It's literally See, I'm, at the, f- it's I'm so... at the 41 minute mark yeah. and I think I'm just about to go into like, what could be perceived as the second part. Yeah. So I, I could be wrong in my thinking it about my list, but what I've seen so far is fucking bonkers, is mad. See, and see if what you've seen so, so far, that first kind of section that is bonkers, it's absolutely nonsense. See if that was like the kind of part as it was going to continue on and made sense as it went on. That would I'd be like right okay, but see the fact that what happened at the start, other than having an effect on her personally, does not affect the whole world. Do you know what I mean? Like what what happens at the start involves two sentient beings, right? Yeah. The sec the, the you know the unconventional sentient being then just disappears and then that's just not part of it ever again. Other than the fact that it's it's affected her physical being as as she as she goes through the world. But then the movie transfers into two further different parts and I don't feel as if they link together and I feel as if it's a whole bunch of nonsense ideas all thrown in. I really think that she's just fucking catapulted a whole bunch of shite at the wall. and Or, oh, sorry, sorry. A whole bunch of merd at the wall. She's French. And, um, and just, <laughs> just went with sticks because I was like, this is nonsense. And I could just see all loads of people tripping over. I mean, and I, this is potentially maybe after going on about my big rant promising young women that everybody had been able to love everything at the same time and accept people who dislike things now I'm being unfair to people who like <laughs> maybe there is something that people are seeing that I'm not seeing and it's affecting them in a way that they're enjoying it and that is completely fine but for me personally malignant and titan massive massive pencil shite <laughs> so with that would you like to know my number one <laughs> yeah actually like, although yeah, I don't even think I can guess it. I'm trying to think oh, of what you've yeah. not said. Yeah, do you want to have a guess? Uh, I can't think of anything else that came out. Let me look down yeah, far I, on my list. I, and... I, can only assume that, I can only assume that that you have watched this movie. That's the only reason I can assume that it's not appeared on your list. It's not Willy's Wonderland, is it? This movie stars... The mascot for Scotland Lee vs. Evil. This guy has been in two movies from this year. 
One of the movies I watched as a pirate and it was the people speaking in possibly Chinese or Japanese or one of the Asian languages. But the movie, the version I watched had no subtitles and I wasn't entirely sure if I was supposed to know what they're talking about because the character that we are following didn't know what they were talking about. So I was like, am I not supposed to know? Is that one of these things? But they spoke for so long in a language I couldn't understand that I thought, I think I'm supposed to know what they're saying. So that confused me <laughs> a bit. So that's probably why that movie didn't. Get, go any higher. However, in that movie, Prisoners of the Ghostland, his balls get blown off and he screams the place down and it is fantastic. The movie that I have put at number one stars Nicolas Cage in Willy's Wonderland. Nicolas that is Cage. fucking fuck off. <laughs> Absolutely not. No what? chance. What? There's, right, not a word of a lie, Scott. I have watched 26 movies for this. Man number 26 as well as Wonderland. <laughs> How can it be the worst movie you've watched this year? Because I've only watched 26 <laughs> and the other 25 are quite good. It's It was so run-of-the-mill average. It was you what the Banana Splits movie wanted to be, but even then I'm not that I, I'd bored be with it. Five Nights at Freddy's, which I thought was a fun concept, but I couldn't get the handy how the actual game worked, but it was sometimes it gave me a fright and it was scary and I liked the idea. So basically I'm just watching Willy's Wonderland as a live action Five Nights at Freddy's, which I believe is the whole idea. I think that's what the filmmakers were doing. What I loved about it the most <laughs> Nicholas Cage does not say a word in the whole movie. He does not utter one line in the whole movie. I just thought that was fantastic. I thought that's so Nicholas Cage. Your number one is purely just for a laugh. It's no because no. this is generally your number one movie of the year. It can't be just because Nicolas Cage doesn't talk. That's no, that's that's my number one movie of the year, and that's that was a sincere. Until you've just went and reacted, that was a sincere pit. Fuck off. For real. No joke. No, no, no. Trying to wind anybody up. That's my sincere favorite movie last year as well. He's Wonderland. I'd buy that on a, on a Blu-ray and put that in my collection. I went down my list and thought, right, it can't be any of them because they don't any none of them seem like Scott's movies. I know you watched Willy's Wonderland, so right, or oh, and there's no way it's going to be Willy's Wonderland because that was a, a a three, like a three, possibly two and a half uh, out of five. And so I, said that and as I don't a think there's anything joke. else. There's nothing else on my list that even. Comes Everything you've mentioned close. before is better than it. Like the rest of your list, even the ones, even those I've not seen that are about fucking vampire eh, teen queens, are probably better than Willie's Wonderland, <laughs> or at least more deserving of a number one spot. In fact, all right, okay, the vampire tween one is not deserving of it. That shouldn't be there. Willie's Wonderland deserves it more than that. But that's it. <laughs> all than that, Willie's Wonderland. I'm glad you've done it. I'm glad you've you've said something that's so ridiculous that folk are definitely <laughs> going to react to. I, <laughs> you've I left it that, as your number I thought, one. I honestly thought people would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah that's good, that's good. Maybe they will. Maybe maybe it's just me. Doubtful. <laughs> I just I maybe just watched it on a, on a good mood and it just got me. I just liked it. I just liked exactly what it did. I thought it was hilarious. I thought, I mean, Nicolas Cage not saying anything kicking fuck out of big animatronic animals. I mean, I don't understand why that's not amazing. <laughs> would you watch it again? Yeah, I would. I'd, watch, I'd put that on in the background multiple times. 
Really? Yeah. Would you sit and watch it seriously though? It being in your favourite movie of the year would suggest that you would a movie that you would sit down and maybe watch once a year or like crack out I suppose, yeah, then. By that logic then you're probably right. Yeah. I just I can't I can't see it being number one, but that's why it's not my list. That's why it's your list. I hope I hope there's a backlash. Yeah. Well I hope I, it's not against I, me. <laughs> I was wanting to be a wee bit different this year, right? And I'm just wondering if it's okay to put in a, a zero or a minus one. Do you know what at this stage fuck it, I why not? I want to put in um last night in Soho is is <laughs> is my is my zero because it's not technically in the list, but I have watched the first twenty minutes of it and I that the first twenty minutes is better than anything else that's in my list so far. So I know <laughs> this is this is this isn't another killing of a secret deer that I watched and I was disappointed with. This is genuinely this will be my number one when I finish watching it. I am I am positive on that. So I want to put it as a as a as a zero or minus one. Uh, the first twenty minutes of last night in Soho, and I know it will be. I know it will be the best night, uh, the best uh, movie on my list, and it will pop everything up. Which means that Psycho Gorman comes out of the top ten. Oh no, I might move Psycho Gorman at number eight. Might keep out. Hmm. I'd actually be fine with. See if you just put last night in Soho, even though you've only watched twenty minutes. Put that as your number one, and just change. Drop, <laughs> I change Willie's Wonderland to Psycho Gorman. I'd even be fine with that because I could then maybe see if you had just watched Psycho Gorman before all the hype and all that. I could see Psycho Gorman scoring really high on this. Willie's Wonderland just to me felt like I had to think I was going to pick up Nasda for £4 and go, What's this? Put it on, watch it, and go, oh, I could see why that was £4. That was alright. Put it yeah, on my shelf I, and then never think, think about I, it again. I think that's what I liked about it. I think it was like. I don't know if it was like a tax write-off or something that Nicolas Cage was doing or if he just... Because like, I was watching a thing on about Sky Arts last night and it was um, just listening to these movies and it's back listening to The Rock and Face Off and Con Air and all these kind of... Which are, you know, serious movies. And then what he's doing now is just independent, off-the-wall nonsense. And I'm like... Is, I mean, is, and that's just... That's, that's why we love him. And that's why I love Willy's Wonderland. I just thought it was <laughs> cracking. Serious movies is all this term and why them was just about a plane full of convicts as if that would ever happen. <laughs> 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 it never falls out of the sky until the very end. <laughs> to like, all right, and Face Off. Face Off can really harm. Yeah, that's, that's physically impossible. I agree. Uh, and what was, that, what was the other one you said? Uh, the Rock. Oh, The Rock. Oh, yeah. Also a bit. But then did they know inject his heart with like, some kind of chemicals as well? So... <laughs> Yeah, I don't think he's actually been, apart, gone in 60 seconds, even then, he jumps a car quite high, uh, even then that's probably nonsense. I don't think he's been in a serious movie. <laughs> oh, man, intentionally meant to be serious. Well, his Wonderland was, was decent for what it was, but my God, man, number one. I think that's fair. I think, I think, I think right, I'll put a bet you right now, I will get at least one person who's listening to admit that they agree that their favourite film of 2021 is Willie's Wonderland. I'm willing to accept just that. One, just one person. Right, but is it going to turn out it's like, oh, <laughs> Bot Bowley and he looks <laughs> slightly <laughs> like you? And I agree with Scott, or do you, Bot? 
Are we going to get inundated with just fucking fake Scott Goblins online <laughs> telling us that Willy's Wonderland was the best movie of the year? Wonder. Are you going to let actual someone genuine come and say it? Because it was, it it wasn't a, a great year for like nothing at all. My last scored a five, which is weird. Usually, like number two and one are usually a five. The very highest was in the earth was a four and a half. So if you do I use half, yeah, eight. Uh, so it wasn't a a great year for oh my god incredible life changing horror but there was a lot of really fucking good stuff and most of it was in Shudder like the majority of my list is still a four no three and a half so threes creeped into the, the top ten at all it was still a really really strong year uh, and I'm kind of gutted that I left it all to the, the last second because some of these movies I could have been enjoying, enjoying for ages and maybe even have watched Willie's Wonderland twice. Doubtful. <laughs> Very doubtful. Mm. But you've done well to have actually watched all your movies apart yeah. from your zero. Minus one. Yeah, my zero. <laughs> Minus one. Uh, so, that was the top ten of 2021. Do you want to recap? Uh, I'll recap mine. I don't actually want to hear yours again. <laughs> uh, so, my number ten was Promising Young Women. Number nine was The Queen of Black... Now, Promising Young Women, you can get on Sky, possibly Amazon. Queen of Black Magic, you can stream on Shudder or through the Shudder channel on Amazon. Uh, Coming Home in the Dark was number eight, and that is available on Netflix. Number seven is The Boy Behind the Door, also available on Shudder and Amazon. Number six is Last Night in Soho, which I rented on Sky... I think it'll be coming out soon in Blu-ray, so wait till then and buy it. Candyman was number five, again, also coming out. Number four was uh, My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To, available on Shudder slash Amazon. Censor was available on Amazon, number three. The Medium, number two. I can't actually remember where I watched that. Possibly Amazon as well. And number one, In The Earth. Uh, just buy that one, because that's fucking great. And let's hear your nine. <laughs> <laughs> and at 10, Psycho Gorman. And at 9, My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To. At 8, Night Teeth, questionable. At 7, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. Number 6, Rent Apart. Number 5, Vicious Fun. Number 4, Old. Number 3, The Deep House. Number 2, Promising Young Women. And number 1, Willie's Wonderland. <laughs> it doesn't even sound right when you say it back <laughs> it still sounds like a mean joke uh, anyway so that was the, the top 10 episodes how does it feel to be yeah. back yeah, under the screen sure the yeah, people uh, will know that it was worth waiting for for sure you think so? yeah uh, I think uh, so so if you are New Scotland vs. Evil. I doubt you will be at this point, but hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, you can also check us out on our alternate show, Sideshow. What would it be called? Sideshow, yeah. Sideshow. Uh, Jaws' Shite and Other Regrettable Outbursts. The episodes you can find back in the group, uh, or I actually don't even know. Wherever you, you stream your podcasts from. Yeah. 
just type Jaws of Shite, and it's not called that because any of us apart from Scott, even now he doesn't think that, think Jaws of Shite, it was just a funny thing. So you can check that episode out where it's me and Scott, as well as Duncan and Baz from the podcast Under the Stairs, and we just get drunk and talk a lot of nonsense. Pretty much exactly what you've heard here, except we don't really cover horror films. So you can check that out. Scott, I don't know if we will be back anytime soon or if we're going. We we've... are making no promises. Um, having <laughs> a baby is a, a very time-consuming thing, and uh, we will. So I think we'll see how it goes in the year. We'll try. I think we'll try our best. I mean, we'll see how the the, the year goes. Fright Fest, is, as I believe, is going to go ahead in person this year. So, um, that was that was our starting point uh, all those years ago. So we'll we'll maybe see what we can do, but. Uh, Again, we're always uh, interactive in our, our social medias, so you can always get us in the Scotland Lean vs. Evil Facebook group. Um, there's a Scotland Lean vs. Evil uh, Instagram and Twitter, which we are continuing to use, or, although we rarely post, but you can, if you want to interact with us, get us at any of them, send us messages, DMs, uh, send us memes, send us nonsense, whatever, get in the Facebook group and interact. There's loads of people in there talking back and forth. Tell us what you're watching, what you want to watch, what you never want to see again. Get it in there. Good space. <laughs> Willie's Wonderland. Willie's Wonderland, right. Uh, and if you are that one person that agrees that Willie's Wonderland was the top movie, horror movie of 2021, then please, please do step forward because uh, I think we need to start using the ban hammer in the group and that would be the first person to just kick the fuck out. Oh, no, wait a minute. <laughs> you, cannot, you cannot tell people, the one person who's going to back up my claim and tell them that they're going to get banned. If you're the one person... Make yourself known, because I will buy you a beer. <laughs> no, that's no fair either, because I've just got to go, oh, well, I, I thought that, and get fucking free beer. It's, it's limited to the, to the first first person to say it, and I'm only buying one beer. <laughs> so the first person that tells Scott that Willie, <laughs> Willie's Wonderland, and you have to answer a pop quiz on Willie's Wonderland to prove that you've seen it, and seen it enough that it's your number one, and then you get the free beer. Fair. Sounds pretty cool. Fair enough. Uh, so, yeah, take care of yourselves. Uh, we'll catch you on Jaws' shite or at some point on here. As Scott said, send us a message. Let us know how you're doing. Hopefully everyone is surviving and alive out there. Hopefully nobody that used to listen is no longer out there. That's quite depressing, actually. <laughs> Hope you guys are all fine and happy and great. And we'll see you guys soon. Peace. See you later. Just realised I killed off the listeners there. <laughs> <laughs>